Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show with Brian Bonner. The finest uncooperative conservative radio of the net. Kicking down the walls, blowing away the smoke screens. You cockroaches, and you know who you are. You can run, but you can't hide. Brian Bonner stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Enemies of America, foreign and domestic, consider yourself on notice. Uncooperative Radio is coming for you. The Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from UncooperativeBlogger.com. You're listening to UncooperativeRadio.com. And I'm here with my lovely wife and producer, Susan. Say hello, Susan. Hello, American Patriots. What the hell was that for? <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I had a rough couple of days. And you just had to figure out a way to get that in. I did. Yeah. What are we talking about today? Well, it's Thursday, so we start the show with the Pledge of Allegiance. There's more going on about the Oregon stand-up, again, that nobody is talking about, but we will with updates every show as I get them. China is not our friend, followed by our military heroes. And what is leap year? This day in history, and in the end, the Fuzzy Muzz Report. I'm... Not sure we're going to make it. <laughs> we made it the last two shows. We really did. I know. We ran out last show. Had to stretch. All right. So it is time for the pledge. Patriots, hand at heart. Face the flag. You don't have a flag. Get a flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. No, I have no idea why Susan doesn't say it with me. Sweetie, an update on the Oregon standoff. As always, all articles are from OregonLive.com. Because they're the only ones talking about this. Talky, talky. <laughs> you get too close for me. Here. That's better. All right. Um, I, you know, I hope I, I'm kind of don't want to even report on this anymore because it's so depressing. But here we go. It's from five days ago. Clatsop County District Attorney Josh Marquis has filed a complaint with the state bar against Eamon Bundy's lawyers contending their 
pretrial statements outside federal court and released recordings of their client will unfairly prejudice future jurors. Marquis, who informed the Oregon State Bar that he is lectured on the ethical limits of making comments on pending cases, said he is not personally acquainted with the Eugene-based attorneys, Mike Arnold and Lisa Casey, but has watched three lengthy videos posted on YouTube by Arnold's firm. Mr. Arnold's conduct and that of his members of his firm causes great concern for those of us who strongly believe in the appropriate discussion of cases pending in the tribunals of federal or state courts, Marquis wrote. The Marquis complaint, which was emailed to the Oregon State Bar on February 17, and first reported by the Register Guard in Eugene Thursday, the Clatsop County District Attorney described the Oregon U.S. Attorney's Office handling of the federal conspiracy case pending against Bundy and 24 others as measured. Yet Mr. Arnold has seen fit to constantly hold news conferences to convey his clients' opinions, defenses, attacks on the federal government in a manner that cannot be for any other purpose than reaching the influence possible jurors who, if this matter goes to trial, would be the triers of fact, Marquis wrote. Twenty-five defendants have been indicted on a single federal charge of conspiring to impede federal officers from working at the Mallet National Wildlife Refuge through threats, intimidation, and force. The armed, be the armed takeover of the refuge began January 2nd and lasted 41 days. Eamon Bundy, the leader, was said has said the occupation was to protest the return to prison of two Harney County ranches. See, I told you that's what it was about from the beginning. <clears throat> the uh, And the federal control of public land. Portland attorney Peter Jarvis, who has been advising the Arnold Law Firm and is defending the lawyers against Marquis' state bar complaint, and two others previously filed, said Thursday night that he believes all the complaints will be short-lived. The prior two complaints dealt with visits by attorneys from Arnold's firm to the refuge before Bundy retained them. So what? Jarvis noted that Oregon law sets a much higher bar than most other states before pretrial publicity is considered a threat to a fair trial. In Oregon, pretrial publicity is not considered prejudicial unless there's a showing of a clear and present danger to a fair trial, he said. According to a state bar ethics opinion on Oregon's pretrial publicity rule, any analysis on whether a lawyer's statement is prohibited will turn on whether the lawyer knows or reasonably should know that the extrajudicial statement will have a substantial, i.e. highly probable, likelihood of materially, i.e. seriously, prejudicing an imminent fact-finding process in a matter in which the lawyer is involved. That just isn't here, Jarvis added. The court has several ways to weed out biased jurors and any publicity the Arnold 
and his firm has offered that may be construed as beneficial to his client is but a drop in the ocean compared to all the publicity surrounding the Bundy case, Jarvis said. The totality of the publicity about Eamon Bundy is not positive, it's negative, Jarvis argued. What Mike Arnold may have contributed to the debate here is a drop in the ocean. Marquis, a former reporter who has been an outspoken media-savvy prosecutor, said he filed the complaint after learning of two other complaints submitted to the bar against the Arnold Law Firm. And, when watching three YouTube videos the firm posted on its website, Marquis particularly noted a video of the February 12 comments on the federal courthouse steps made by Arnold, Nevada Assemblywoman Michelle Fiore, and several other Nevada legislators commenting on the merits of the case. Marquis filed the complaint as an individual and not in his role as Clatsop County District Attorney. I spent years both in Oregon and National discussing the positive values of lawyers appropriately discussing cases without trying their cases on court step, courthouse steps, Marquis said. Jarvis has some experience in this arena as well. In 1994, he successfully defended attorney Ronald H. Hovitt against a complaint to the state bar that contended Hovitt had violated state ethics rules by his public comments about ice skater Tanya Harding. Oh, God, but go back to the Tanya Harding days? Hovitt, who represented Jeff Jaluli, Harding's ex-husband, said during a news conference that it would be unconscionable for Harding to skate in the Olympics. He also said that Harding was involved from the start of the conspiracy to assault competitor Nancy Kerrigan, and that Harding needed to get past her denial stage. In Jarvis's response to the bar complaint in Hovitt's case, he wrote, in light of the total publicity in his case, Mr. Hovitt's remarks did not create a substantial likelihood of material prejudice with respect to any proceeding involving Mrs. Harding. Casey issued a statement in response to Marquis' complaint. When the government is complaining about free speech in a free speech case, I guess you're doing something right. Our courts are just a mess, ladies and gentlemen, just, just a mess. And these ranchers do not deserve to be in jail for just doing what ranchers do. The federal government's trying to run them off their ranch like they ran all the other ranchers off their ranch. This is all part of the Agenda 21. That's all got to be turned over to wildlands and or factory farming. No individual farms. Most of all of us will live in the city. And we'll only be able to visit the wilds outside the city. The wilds. Uh, again from five days ago. Armed guards still block access to the headquarters of the Mallon National Wildlife Refuge, but this time they carry badges. There are officers from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service staffing posts once held by anti-government protesters, but they'll soon be gone too as the agency takes steps to return the compound to normal. On Friday, the scene was relatively still. 
A pair of geese honked as their arrival as they drifted into the pond nearest the headquarters. Other birds flitted from tree to tree, bush to bush, as the migratory season at the 187,000-acre refuge commences. 187,000 acres cut off from actual, the actual public. But markers of the 41-day takeover endure. Concrete barriers and bundles of railroad ties stand at the refuge entry, a choke point created by the protesters as they tried to control access to the area. A shelter there, a guard shack, really, is now missing its tarp and twisted out of shape. Vehicles, debris, and supplies remain at what's left of Camp Finicum, the crude encampment used by the last four occupiers during the takeover of the Mallard National Wildlife Refuge. Why was it called Camp Finicum? That's new. The stone monument meant to hold an official government sign announcing the refuge stands empty. The protesters, led by businessman Eamon Bundy of Idaho, had proudly replaced the official sign with a blue one reading Harney County Research Resource Center. No one at the entryway could say where the sign had gone, perhaps squirreled away by other evidence collected in recent weeks by the FBI. Remnants of quote-unquote Camp Finnicum, the spot where the final act of the occupation unfolded, still litter a parking area at the edge of the headquarters buildings. The camp was named by the last four occupiers for Leroy Lavoie Finnicum, 54, who was shot and killed by state troopers when he tried to evade arrest on January the 26th. As others fled or surrendered, the four were left alone. They cobbled together their own base to withstand demands that they surrender. The holdouts, David Fry, 27, of the Cincinnati area, Jeff Banta, 46, of Elko, Nevada, and Sean Anderson, 47, and his wife, Sandy, 48, of Riggins, Idaho, arranged government pickups and SUVs in a rough corral, then used tarps and tents for shelter. After they gave up on February 11th, the FBI soon swarmed the post and the rest of the refuge headquarters, gathering evidence for criminal prosecutions facing at least 25 people. Some of Camp Finnicum is gone, but the vehicles remain, as does the tent where Fry apparently retreated in the final moments before leaving only after he heard others shout hallelujah as he wanted. Hmm. You know, I, I just don't trust the FBI with this. And by the way, all those vehicles are now theirs. It's called what a civil forfeiture laws. And uh, whether they're guilty or not won't matter because they won't get them back. Or anything else they have. <clears throat> Odds and ends are piled up. A piece of ladder or a ramp, fuel cans, a bench and more. Next to camp is what appears to be a long trench now lined with white tarp by government officials. It apparently was the outhouse for the final four that federal prosecutors uh, mentioned in court filings. The entire scene got a fresh load of visitors Thursday when defense attorneys and investigators arrived by bus to survey it themselves. They toured the buildings and grounds where some of their clients 
spent January and part of February, insisting the refuge would never again be a federal compound. The lawyers couldn't touch, but only look and tape. The visit certainly gave them context to understand what happened out on the Oregon desert 30 miles southeast of Burns, but FBI evidence teams already have identified and removed evidence. Why are they not allowed to take pictures of this? It's called evidence. They said He said they're allowed to tape. Tape meaning record. Oh, okay. Better than pictures. Okay. <laughs> okay. According to a video posted on Facebook, Lisa Bundy also showed up Thursday. She's the wife of Eamon Bundy and said on the video that she had come from her Idaho home to fetch her husband's truck. She said she also wanted to get his clothes, ATVs, and picnic benches. She complained on the video that she had been told she couldn't take the items just yet. I th- there's no way you're ever going to get those back. It's just not going to happen. Another sign of normalcy is what's not on Sod House Lane, the two-lane road that leads to the refuge headquarters. There's no more electric sign at the turnoff at State Route 205, warning of arrest to those who ignored the roadblock. And the heavily armed FBI agents with their imposing bearcats no longer wave traffic to a stop a few miles from the headquarters where some turn off Sod House Lane to reach the nonprofit Miller Field Station. At the Burns Municipal Airport, there's no sign of the FBI special teams that rotated in from around the country. 46 of the agents, 54 SWAT teams, saw duty in Harney County. 46 SWAT teams. We're not overusing SWAT at all. 54 SWAT teams. That's like a battalion. Oh, my goodness. And at the Harney County Courthouse, the metal detector at the entrance is gone, as is the fencing that safeguarded police as they work to end the takeover. Representatives of the Burns Paiute tribe are expected to be the next to tour the refuge planned for Monday. They will particularly be paying attention to what damage might have been done to artifacts in sacred ground. Oh, everyone's got to get in on it now. Well, and you know what? They can't, you can't, you, you can't leave the Indians out. Oh, no, no, we got to get something too. Indians always got their hand out. Always. Also, all the, like we just pointed out, the SWAT teams, if they were, if any reporter, any reporter had mentioned that during this entire thing, don't you think that would like everyone would be going, what? No one mentioned anything about these SWAT teams at all. Or the equipment that they were using. I don't know what those... I don't even know what a Bearcat is. You should have looked that up. Uh, I don't... It's a brand name, obviously. I don't have any... I, I assume it's one of those armored personnel carriers. Anyway. Uh, the one thing... Oh, you think I'm being too tough on the Indians? This is what I think about their sacred and historical artifacts. Do you know where sacred and historic artifacts belong? Yeah, in a museum. Otherwise, they're not that sacred. So, because you're leaving them on the ground. I don't care what your beliefs are. You're a doofus. Uh, it, if you care about it, it needs to be in a museum. Thinking, woo, all they want. Still isn't going to save their stuff. Because, trust me, when you know what hits the fan, 
No one's going to give a crap about all the Indian sacred whatever. And they're going to be on our side anyway, because they hate the government. They want to kill. They want to kill the white man with speaketh with forked tongue. Meantime, the Fish and Wildlife Service continues planning how to fully assess the damage, repair it, and get the people who manage the expansive refuge back on the job. <laughs> got to get people working. That's all right. They all got paid to stay home. But that work is days away, so quiet reigned over the headquarters, seeming to amplify the sounds of geese and other birds claiming what's theirs. I have only one question. What were they thinking? They said the federal government would never own this again. What what, what was their plans exactly? What was their end game? Because you can't just say that. It, you know, doesn't work that way. It's not like you have magic. You say the words and it happens. Yeah, you got to make it happen. How are you going to make it not federal land? Not, they never they never got to that point. They left. They gave up. They, I, I Like, again, it was too soon, and I have no idea what their plan was. I don't think they had any idea what their plan was, and I think that's the problem. I think they needed a, a mastermind, and they didn't have one. Because this, what they did was uh, stupid. It, it just absolutely solved nothing. Nothing. And don't give me this, oh, we're starting a discussion nonsense. We are discussing it before that. The discussion all turned to how they're all criminals now and militants. And, oh, yeah, we're militants just like the jihadists and militants. Islamic militants and, and us uh, citizen militants, we're the same. If you're a patriot, then, you know, you're a jihadist. Well, I guess that's true. And I don't care. Except I'm not. A Muslim. So, I, it is not jihad. Well, Brian, in all fairness, they got ambushed, most of them, and arrested when they were leaving to go to meetings. That was one small incident, Susan. You have no idea what you're talking about. Bundy got arrested when he was going Susan, to another meeting. The, most of them had, a lot of them had already left the refuge. That was a handful of people. It was two vehicles, and that was it. That wasn't them. There was supposedly a whole bunch of them. Where did the whole bunch of them go? At the end, I think there was two people left. That's it. What was the plan, Susan? I, I don't. What is it with your attitude, by the way? Why'd you snap at me like that? I didn't. Why is this so? Why did I piss you off so? No, I didn't. I well, was just I think saying you, I'm that telling they you got you did. ambushed. I'm telling you you did, and calm down. They is whom? They was a lot more people than the ones who got ambushed, okay? There's 27 indictments out there, Susan. And that's not, there were more than that at the, at the, initially there. Well, then how did they get the other people? How is they didn't, They picked them up all over the country. Maybe instead of walking around doing chores when I'm doing my radio show, you should listen. Because you come in, you don't even know what's going on in your own radio show. Sorry, there's no script here, ladies and gentlemen. She can't just jump in the middle of it. It doesn't work. Again, spend time paying attention to the radio show during the radio show. All right. Uh, 
That's enough of the wildlife refuge. If I never hear Maller Wildlife Refuge again, it'd be too soon. I said it when they started. I was on their side. I was. I. I understood it. You know, s- sentimentality. I was with them, but I said from the beginning they moved too soon. What is? How? What's their plan? They. Can't, you can't just twenty-seven of you can't stand up against the federal government. Um, it seemed like federal and county law enforcement. Again, I don't know why people in town weren't so happy about all the extra business. Well, I, I guess that's because only the business people made out. They're, everybody else had to put up with the nonsense. But they never think of that. That Oh, look, but look at our neighbors made so much money. They're all going to be tried. They're all going to be sent to jail. And nothing's, there's not a peep out there. A conservative talk radio about this. I haven't heard one person. I don't listen to all of them. I don't listen. I don't really listen normally. Anyway, I just Susan listens, and I just it's noise while I'm doing my research. Uh, so most of it I miss. Pick up sub from osmosis. That's about it. But I haven't heard anybody anywhere talking about this. Uh, if you have good, point them out. Tell people about them because. Those are the people you want to listen to. China is not our friend again. Is that always that China is not our friend? Is that permanent now? Yes. It's getting dicey. <laughs> the whole, if you haven't figured it out yet, if you put all of this stuff together, we're beyond dicey. It's quite sporty. What? Dog. Oh. She can't say it out loud because, I don't know, she doesn't want you to know she's holding up a sign that says soft break. Right? Is that the problem? (laughs) Jump Cooperative Radio Show, you stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. You live here? Yes. Well, maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, it seems there are certain voodoo priests who, who have the power to bring him back to life. Oh, horrible. It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes, walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813 800-215-6813 This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details. Not available in all states. 
Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call 800-764-9168 and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now, 800-764-9168. 800-764-9168. That's 800 764 Opening a Registered Nurse's Eyes, A Life-Altering Journey Across North America by Susan Francis Bonner is available in ebook form for Kindle owners at Amazon.com for $7.99. This true story chronicles the changes Susan witnessed in nursing, the medical field, and in our nation during the years 1998 to 2002. It is written to expose what goes on behind the scenes concerning health care in this country, the common problems our nation faces, and what it is like to live across North America as a travel nurse. It is not politically correct or for the faint of heart. She hopes to inspire her fellow Americans to stand up for what is right and persevere no matter what the difficulties they encounter on the great journey that is called life. Again, the novel is Opening a Registered Nurse's Eyes, a life-altering journey across North America by Susan Francis Bonner, is available in ebook form for Kindle owners at Amazon.com. You're a doctor, a lawyer, a business owner, or you have a great career, you understand the concept of protecting yourself. Well, are you protecting yourself, your family, and your assets with quality term life insurance? Consider these possible rates. A man age 45, non-tobacco user, could obtain $1 million of coverage for as little as $75 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 10 years. We specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. A man age 50, non-tobacco user, may be able to obtain $500,000 of coverage for as little as $115 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 20 years. We have great rates for smokers, too. Call the Term Lifeline now. 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891 Welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. I am... In <laughs> You're all tangled again. I'm a complete mess. You are. Why do you keep tangling yourself up in everything? It's the stupid headphones. <laughs> oh, emergency, emergency. There you go. Fixed. <laughs> nice attempt at Phil. Okay. Where were we when we were so rudely interrupted? Oh, yeah. China's not a friend. If China... Oh, this is from CNS News. 
Com. And China continues to roll, arm all of the bases they've reclaimed. Re they've reclaimed? If China continues to arm all the bases they reclaimed in the South China Sea. Didn't they build bases, not reclaim them? Yeah, I have no idea why it's... Oh, they like call this. it reclaiming it from the ocean that they, they built these cement things out on top of underground, I don't know, pieces of dirt. <laughs> anyway, uh, they've reclaimed the South China Sea. They will change the operational landscape in the region. Admiral Harry Harris, head of U.S. Pacific Command, told the news conference on Thursday. And short of war, the United States, they can become, they can rise to the level of having operational control, tactical control of the waterways and airways in the South China Sea, which today involves about $5.3 trillion of trade, over a billion of which, over a trillion of which is destined for the United States. I'm reading it just as they quoted it. There are enormous IT infrastructure in the undersea cables in the South China Sea. It's a principal shipping lane, as we've discussed. And I think that, again, short of war with the United States, China will exercise de facto control of the South China Sea if they are, if they continue to outfit the bases that they've reclaimed there. He's really picking his words carefully if you haven't figured that out. Harris said China, in the last few years, was recla has reclaimed almost 3,000 acres of land from the South China Sea, turning many of the islands into military bases. I'm of the opinion that they are militarizing the South China Sea, Harris said, and when they add their advanced fighters to Woody Island, and when up in the parcels, and when they put their advanced missile systems on the parcels, and when they build three 10,000-foot runways in the spraddles on the bases that they've reclaimed, when they do all of that, they're, cha they're changing the operational landscape in the South China Sea. All pauses were as written. So that is what has changed. The United States and our patrols, military patrols, air and maritime in the South China Sea, haven't really changed. We have a consistent presence in the Western Pacific. Oh, really? Is, would that be one of the fleets that haven't been in for the required maintenance? Are we just going to like be out there like Russia with all falling down ships and submarines that leak? Uh, so, anyway, Maradise, and haven't really changed. We have a consistent presence in the Western Pacific, and we have had that for decades. So I would say that it's China that has changed its behavior. No, 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 no. We have less fleets than we used to. Oh, no, no, that this guy has got to be working for the government because he's picking his words very carefully. Harris said the U.S. will continue to exercise our rights of freedom of navigation in international waters and airspace and encourage others, encourage that like-minded network of nations to do the same. And I think that the U.S. will continue to exercise. <laughs> and I think we must use diplomacy to influence China 
And finally, we have to ensure that we have we continue to modernize that U.S. military force in order to go back to the first element of maintaining a credible combat power. That would have required you the building of the new aircraft carriers that Obama has stopped, and the and the F twenty two fighters, and and on and on it goes, and getting rid of the A ten tank killers, uh, to just defunding the military to the point it's starting to fall apart. The easiest to do that too is the Navy and the Air Force because it's all about the technology. And if you don't have the technology, we're turned into the USSR. Get it? Diplomacy to influence China. When does that ever work? But you're not stopping China from militarizing these islands, a reporter told Harris. Well, you'd have to ask China why they're not stopping, Harris responded. I mean, the military component is just one tool in the in the tool chest that our national leadership has. So, you know, I think we're doing what we have to do in the military sense. As a vet, you're not. I'm telling you, you're not. It's all right. Well, I was in under the Carter, just at the end of the Carter regime. The Air Force was just a mess. The planes were falling apart. Harris notes that the U.S. maintains a continuous presence of naval ships in the South China Sea and flies regular surveillance patrols in the region as well. So, we're there all the time, I would say. We must exercise our freedom of navigation or we risk losing it. I agree. Again, so, since the ships can't come in for maintenance without leaving us vulnerable, how is this going to work exactly, Harris? Answer me this. Riddle me that. Uh, look, the Navy's the only constitutional branch of the military that is allowed to be freestanding. In other words, all the time. Just the Navy. That's it. It's never been changed. Just the Navy. No standing army. It has not been amended. It is, it is exactly the same as written. Therefore, its intent hasn't changed either. You need money to build technology, to upgrade ships. There's maintenance that's required on ships and aircraft. They're not like human beings, you know, just use them and toss them aside. But, you know, we all know that this president absolutely loves the military. It's all about love, right, homosexuals? Again, if it's all for, it's all about love, why do you have to have sex? Because it's, it's all about sex. Again, from CNS News, for the first time in 10 days, a senior U.S. official has raised the prospect of joint U.S.-India naval patrols in a region where China's expanding territorial and military ambitions have raised tensions. And this time, the top U.S. military commander in the Pacific suggested widening the proposed cooperation to include Japan and Australia as well. <clears throat> now, the fuzzy buzzies in the UN are working really hard to to ensure that Russia, China, and the United States are going to go at each other so that they can we won't get in their way. So they're considering 
trying to drawing the U.S. into a war with Russia and or China. I imagine the little Iranian has something to do with it. Um, I guess, you know, they, they want to, they want to, yeah, they're, they're going to want to start a war, and then he's going to, he's going to do what he did with those swift boaties, people, whatever that was, uh, patrol boats, that supposedly drifted into Iranian waters and got captured without firing a shot. I'm sorry. They, they were told to stand down. They were told to get taken. They were, it was a setup. Because the military doesn't work that way. That's all there is to it. But he he used that as an opportunity to humiliate our military. See, he hates them. He wa- and he has to discredit them so he could destroy them. The damage this man is doing is almost unrepairable at this point. I mean. No one will have the political will to prepare. It, there, of course, it can be repaired, but not with a lot of pain and suffering of the citizens, and that just doesn't fit the way they're using uh, goodies to make people vote for them. You know, they, all you had to do was read Tocqueville, and you'd have known that's what they were doing. So, okay, so what do we got here now? Uh, at this time, this top U.S. military commander in the Pacific suggesting widening the proposed cooperation to include Japan and Australia as well. I agree, except I don't know that they should get involved with us with this community organizer-in-chief up there. Addressing geopolitics from a New Delhi, U.S. Pacific Command, maybe they're trying to bring the whole world to war, so it'll all collapse, and supposedly the U.N.'s right there to pick it all up. The U.N. and the rest of the infrastructure that comprises... Uh, the New World Socialist Order that's been being built up there for quite a long time now. So addressing geopolitics forum in New Delhi, U.S. Pacific Command Chief Admiral Harry Harris referred Wednesday to quadrilateral U.S.-Indian-Japan-Australia cooperation, <clears throat> a strategic dialogue initiative involving the four countries caused waves with Beijing when first attempted during the Bush administration in 2007. Harris recalled that India, Japan, and Australia last year held a first high-level three-way dialogue which addressed topics including maritime security and freedom of navigation patrols. An idea to consider is perhaps expanding this trilateral to quadrilateral venue between India, Japan, Australia, and the United States, he said. We are all united in supporting the international rules-based order that has kept the peace and is essential to all of us. After noting other recent interaction between the countries concerned, including a meeting between the Japanese and Australian prime ministers, where both voiced opposition to coercive actions in the South and East China Seas. Harris raised the prospect of a naval cooperation among the four. By being ambitious, India, Japan, Australia, and the United States, and so many other like-minded nations, can aspire to operate anywhere on the high seas and airspace above them, he said. 
The idea of safeguarding freedom of the seas and access to international waters and airspace is not something new to us to ponder. It is a principle based on the international rules-based global order that has served this region so well. I knew it! I knew it! He's a globalist. He's a New World Order Socialist. Oh my freaking God. No wonder Obama has left him in charge. It gets rid of all the good ones. This makes sense now. Oh my goodness. This is going to revitalize the, the law of the sea treaty. I am, I, I kid you not, this is going to bring this back up and everyone's going to be pushing us to sign it because otherwise China is going to stop us from being able to traverse the China, China seas and blah, blah, blah. You know, the usual. Whatever they're going to say, it's la, la, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't mean anything. Uh, what it really means is they want to take more of your liberties away so that you will feel that our ships are safer on the water. I, I, I'm telling you, this is exactly what it's, it, it, listen to the Harris himself. He's a, he's an admiral now, not a politician, not an ambassador, an admiral. The idea of safeguarding freedom of the seas. He almost said it. And access to international waters and airspace is not something new for us to ponder. That's right, because they already have the law of the sea treaty. But the U.S. won't sign it. So it's still been just hanging out out there for, for a long time, 10 years or so. Maybe more. I can't remember. It's been a long time. Uh, I'd have to look up when it was first introduced again. But that's waiting for us to, to come into line and ratify that treaty or overthrow the government so that only the president would have to sign a treaty, you know, like monarchy. Only well, some probably oligarchy, you know. Harris said the U.S. Navy has conducted, quote-unquote, freedom of navigation patrols, F-O-N-O-P-S, for decades without incident adding that no nation should perceive them as a threat. He also said, though, without naming China, that some countries seek to bully smaller nations through intimidation and coercion. Oh, like, we've never done that. Oh, we've never bullied anybody, right? Oh, no. Oh, whatever. I'm sorry. I, I know. It's not the same with China. This, the, we have the moral superiority in the high ground. No, we don't. That government up there is illegal piece of junk. Anyway, if you haven't noticed something else that's going on, China's economy is going tank. Uh, they've been holding it up for a long time, but they can't hold it up anymore. You got mayors making ghost cities just, just to show that they're growing. Otherwise, uh, they go to prison. You get, uh, and right now their manufacturing has decreased. You heard me right. China, China's manufacturing is closing down. That's not a good sign. Their wands, their, their currency, the wands in trouble, problematic as well. That's why they're trying to get other people to accept it as, as straight currency, like oil. The only currency right now used for oil is the American dollar. Well, they want the yuan, the Russians want the rubles. And they've both been mumbling about taking our currency away from being a, uh, 
I forgot the word. I know, and you say reserve currency every single show. <laughs> anyway, uh, basically, it allows us to print money like we've been doing under Obama's without completely collapsing the dollar because the dollar is what everybody has to use to buy oil and everything else. Blah blah blah. Uh, the U.S. dollar is the universal currency. They wish to change that to other currencies, and they're busy doing that. Because they're trying to, both Russia and China are in economic trouble, and nobody's reporting it. That's why there's all this, all this stuff going on with Russia taking over the Ukraine, getting involved in Syria, China building up uh, bases in the China Sea. Something's up, and it, and it's connected to this somehow. <clears throat> but I, I'm going to keep, I'll keep watching it, and maybe I'll get a deeper insight into it. Anyway. His references to FONOPS, as I call it, <clears throat> and the rules-based global order, well, have particular relevance to the situation in the South China Sea, where the U.S. Navy is carrying out such patrols near artificial islands built by China in support of its claims to territory contested by half a dozen other countries. The last time Quad Navy cooperation in Indo-Pacific waters took place, it occurred in parallel to four-way security dialogue initiated by Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe during an earlier term in office. In 2007, a long-running annual U.S.-Indian Joint Naval Exercise was expanded for the first time to include Japanese, Australian, and Singaporean warships. Singaporean warships? Aren't they, are they like junks with a cannon on them or something? <laughs> I know, Singaporean? Who knew? They I'm even gonna, had a ship. I was going to say the same exact thing. Singapore I, has warships. <laughs> Who would have thought? Who, who wants to invade Singapore? Oh, I thought the same thing when I read it. <laughs> really? 28 ships, including two U.S. Navy carrier strike groups, 150 aircraft, and more than 20,000 personnel were involved in a week-long Malabar exercise off India's east coast. But Australia, under a subsequent Labour government backed away from the Quad initiative, leery of its effect on Canberra's relations with Beijing. Subsequent Malabar exercises have been bilateral India-U.S. or trilateral Indian, uh, India, U.S., and Japan. And it's sad because, you know, we used to have a real close relationship with Australia. And some of the people over there still feel that way. Their government, unfortunately, doesn't. Look, Russia's not our friend. China's not our friend. We are, we look at the world from three different directions entirely. Uh, and we're all we all have enough military to kind of blow up the planet. So I'm seriously thinking that this is an external pressure they're trying to use along with all the internal pressure to collapse the United States, to bring it to its knees, to end up in complete chaos and anarchy so that you beg them to, to, to save you from all that you were unprepared for while you laughed at the preppers 
instead of learning something from the crazies. No, not all preppers are crazy. I'm a prepper. Uh, there are some crazy preppers, however, and, you know, that TV show finds them. They find the, the wackiest ones they can. That's the ones they get. That's the ones you get to watch. Otherwise, you wouldn't watch the reality show if people were all boring and just regular, right? There's all kinds of preppers, just like there's all kinds of everything else. And uh, being prepared for a national emergency is, or even a local emergency, is something that is all your responsibilities. You're responsible to feed and clothe and water yourself and your children. That's your job, not the government's. So ask yourself, if something happens, tornado, hurricane, whatever, earthquake, and there's no electricity for a week. What are you going to do? See, that's not a crazy... You don't have to be crazy, crazy preppers. You could just be like, uh, I'm preparing for, you know, a natural disaster. I'm not an idiot. Even the government says you're supposed to keep at least three days of food and water. I, I say, again, anything the government... Quadruple whatever the government says. Uh, you need as much as you can afford and a space that you have to have food and water so that you're not reliant on, well, city water. When the electricity goes off, their pumps eventually turn off. The generators run for a little while, but it always eventually turns off. So ask yourself, what's going to happen? If you've been in one of these things before and you haven't fixed the problem that you're not prepared, you weren't prepared then and you're still not prepared, are you sure you're conservative? <laughs> That's just crazy. I mean, once you experience the fact that I don't want to, I don't want to have to put up with this anymore. I want to make sure I have cash. I want to make sure I have my medical uh, pills and stuff I need. Uh, you need to have everything ready so you can survive without anything for a minimum of a week. That's my minimum. Two weeks should be normal. More if you can, because frankly. Uh, you never know. Plus, you might have friends or family that come over to mooch off you. You know, the ones that laughed at you <laughs> for putting this stuff up. When it comes time, they're going to... See, don't tell them. Because otherwise, they're going to come and eat your stuff. So if you're going to tell them, you got to make sure you put enough away for them, too, because it's going to happen. It is. And they're going to and they're gonna go off and mouth off to everybody else. Next thing you know, your whole apartment building is knocking at your door for food and water. That's the other thing about prepping. Shut up. Because you can't have that. You can't feed the world. And if they know you have it, and they don't have it, and they're thirsty or hungry enough, they're coming to get it. Well, I I love that nobody, again, is... Look, when I was looking up the show, I started it... I went down to town, ladies and gentlemen, um, to do errands. But <clears throat> when I was looking up the show before I went down... I was listening, again, like you're saying, to the talk show host, and the only thing that's coming out of their mouth is the freaking election. And I'm, I'm looking on the internet going, my God, there's so much more going on. What is wrong with these people? Because the country is, is falling apart, and in, it's important election. But we gotta go to a commercial break, so cooperative radio show, you stay tuned, cause we'll be right back.
The changes in the military fostered by the Clinton administration have provided the opportunity to create an elite new fighting force. The Big Gay One. Their mission? Nail Saddam Hussein. Well, who does this, Nails, anyway? You're quiet, soldier. Uh, listen up, uh, man. Uh, we'll be leaving for Baghdad from Fort Dix. Ooh. Let's go. Oh, my gosh. It's Flack. Roberta Flack. I love her. We're here. We're on fire. We're flaming. And going down. Ooh. Be with us again next time when the crack soldiers close in on Saddam. Oh, no, it's sand. It's a good thing I wore my combat song. On the Big K-1. And now from Hezbollah Toys, just in time for Ramadan, the good and peaceful people at Wacky.com and Hezbollah bring you... DJ Hot Joe action figure. Pull his string and he shouts Allah Akbar and kill the infidels. Pull it again and Jihad begins to sweat profusely and screams, Everyone back up or I will blow myself up. On the third pull, Jihad Joe shouts, I am serious. On the fourth and final pull, Jihad Joe begins to say something we cannot quite make out before exploding in a dazzling and immensely gratifying display of holy fire and smoke. For added fun, dress jihad in a burqa before detonation. Get your jihad joe today. Supplies are limited, and once they are gone, thank Allah they are gone. Coming soon, Burqa Barbie. Hello, I'm Frank Bartles, and this here's my partner, James Brown. As the weather starts getting too hot, too hot. <laughs> we hope you will reach for one of these. New Bartles and James Brown wine cooler. It tastes good. They come in three funky flavors. <laughs> Gravity grape. Get down. Prime of passion fruit. Oh, and my personal favorite, papaya. Papaya's got a brand new bag. <laughs> It'll get you off faster than a big city lawyer. <laughs> and a single pack serves six to ten. Just like James. <laughs> new Bartles and James Brown wine coolers. The cooler cooler. Made in the cooler. Now behind bars everywhere. And uh, thank you for your support. Our hidden cameras caught Mrs. Helen Grouse of Columbus, Ohio, in the act of shoplifting at an A&P store. We asked other shoppers if they'd be deterred from shoplifting if we punished Mrs. Grouse by killing her. Let's listen. Excuse me, ma'am. Have you ever shoplifted? Well, well, yeah, yes, I have. Oh? Yeah, on occasion I snitched a can of salmon or a jar of artichoke cards. And... Well, let me ask you this. What? Here is a woman we just caught shoplifting. Oh, boy. Now, if we were to punish her mm -hmm. by killing her, mm -hmm. right now, would that convince you not to shoplift? Uh, I, I don't know. It's it's kind of an impulse sort of thing, and I really doubt if you'd kill her. I mean, I'd have to say I, 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 I'd probably shoplift again. I see. Well, watch this. We are! Now, what have we done? Well, uh, you just shot her in the head. And would you say that she's dead? Well, her whole head is blown off. Yeah, she's she's dead all right, yeah. Now, let me ask yeah, you again. Yeah. Do you think we've convinced you not to shoplift? Well, I have to say I'd never shoplift again. Why do you say that? Well, you just proved to me that you'd kill someone if they shoplifted. I saw it with my own eyes. You're not just saying that. No, no, no. I'm really convinced. You won't change your mind. Nope. I'll never shoplift again. At A&P, we won't stop trying till we make you say... We are... She'll be all right for a while, for a while. 
smiles Until Barack comes back And she goes on the attack And it doesn't work Oh, hell! You know I taught her well You couldn't tell That she fakes crying Over Coming soon, John McCain and Lindsey Graham Star in the tender sequel to Brokeback Mountain, Return to Saddles or Canyon. You know, Lindsay, you spend a few days out on the campaign trail, away from all the other Republicans, with nothing but your horse, the press, and a few thousand sheep to lead. Well, it makes a man think different, feel different. You know what I mean? You want another back rub? Sure. Then we'll make s'mores. Okay, and welcome back to the Cooperative Radio Show, Hour 2. Mm-hmm. So, what do you want to talk about tonight, Susan, on Hour Segment 2? Hour 2 and Segment 2 all at the same time. I don't think that's ever happened before. Actually, it really hasn't. <laughs> it just really, really, really hasn't. But you must have a button to push. I do have a button to push. You don't look ready to push it. I am ready to push it. And push the button. Baghdad, military setting, and the troops don't know the messiah they're getting. I'm the creme de la creme of the media's world on a tour with everyone but Dan Rather. Time flies. Doesn't seem a minute since the Illinois Senate had Barry in it. Our troops cleaned upside of city? I'd say thanks, but they only get my pity. Whether it's Jordan or Afghanistan or Kuwait or, or where are we? One night in Baghdad and Barack's our savior. All right, thank you, Paul Shanklin. Shanklin.com, and that means it's time for our military heroes. I don't know why that means that, but it does. From mstatesman.com. Not thinking about his own life, a local Marine veteran jumped into action and stopped a man from reaching a Bastrop deputy's gun. Bastrop? And the other one was Clastrop? What's with these names? What does Strop mean? It must have been important to somebody. Maybe it was the the ones that talk like this. No? Norwegian cook? Who would be? <clears throat> I'm not thinking about something. Is that from the Muppets? Yes. Okay. I was going <laughs> to... What is he talking about? He's talking about a Muppet. No, actually, I was just talk- trying to put the the Muppet in with what I was doing. Yes, but a lot of Which people... Which was sounding like a Norwegian. I understand, but... The Norwegian are... chefs. Right. That's from the Muppets. Right. Okay. They don't understand it out there, dear. Oh, come on. They're all into pop culture now. That's the whole society is what I hear. Pop culture, pop culture. 
Anyway, <clears throat> freeze! Scott Perkins yelled as he pulled out his concealed handgun pointing at the suspect. I'm, lied to, I'm alive today because of him, the deputy, 23-year-old Dylan Doris, said Wednesday. Reflecting on the events surrounding a disturbance call outside a Bastrop County gas station January. Tell me this is in Oregon. Clastrop, Bastrop, is this Oregon too? <laughs> I mean, this is just weird, the same show. I, these, I've never seen these words before. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> where was I? Uh, January 16th. There are no words to explain it. He's such an outstanding citizen. He's here for our country, our community, and you really feel the love. Okay, I have a couple of comments on this. Oh, no, she has comments on love. First of all, everyone's saying that if our servicemen and women are ordered to turn their guns on us, that is not going to happen. Well, it wouldn't have. Might still not, but he's taken away all the generals that would have not followed his orders. If it's got to come down to the individual soldier, that's problematic because you got to deal with individuals. And some will do it even though they know it's wrong because they don't, you know, want to get in trouble. They get an order, they do what they're told. Now, the However, other. However, I will point out that. It was the National Guard taking people's guns away in Louisiana. The police refused to take people's guns away. However, the National Guard didn't have any problems with it. So I'm going to point that out. Be very careful. Be very clear. And this is why we got to take back our states because that they belong to the state. They need to be retrained completely in how they think of themselves. Uh, you know, the states love it because they get a check from the, they get paid their paychecks from the federal government, not the state. See how easy it was to steal our state's military way? Just make a deal with them. Well, I'll give you, we'll be paying for all, you won't have to pay anything for them. Unless you call them up and then you have to pay for them. That's how they're stealing all of the state's rights and have been for decades. Yeah, it's getting year. much worse now, though. Before, it was a little this, a little that. No, that's the problem when you do with evil. It just keeps growing and growing. The other thing with this that brought up to my attention is that he's a veteran. So these... A Marine veteran. Right. And this, these are the caliber of people that are no longer in the service. True. Although, I, you know, I hate to say it. I've only met one Marine that made me question the Marine Corps. And... uh he was one of my partners back in when I was a ghetto medic in New York City. He was a ex, you know, he was a Marine veteran. Did his turn, got out. He uh, <laughs> he did many questionable things that I didn't think Marines should be doing. But uh, you know, as time goes on, I guess everything gets tarnished a little bit. You know, with this creeping evil that seeks into everything and. Uh, you know, you just take away what they're allowed to do to you in boot camp that used to make men out of boys and out of, and men out of really troubled individuals. Uh, you made it through Marine boot camp. You come out the other side a whole different man. Uh, women? No, I don't know what they're going to come out on the other side like. I don't know what's happening. I, I think the men are going to come out the other side like women. Oh, 
I saw a uh, commercial for the Navy, and they actually in the Navy. Remember that commercial? I couldn't believe it. They chose homosexuals to re- to do the song for the Navy. They did. They actually did it on one of the battleships. I'm like, you know, there's already a lot of talk about what goes on in those ships for six months. I don't think you want to have the village people on the ship just representing the. <laughs> it's like. It's like saying homosexuals are here. They actually showed. Well, now they're everywhere, right? So it really doesn't matter. It used to be a thing you had to shh about. Now it's all, hey, I'm a homosexual. Every single freaking TV Isn't that show great? we Give watch. me something. I'm a homosexual. Give me some. Every TV show, absolutely every TV show we watch has someone that's a homosexual. Oh, yeah. There are not that many of them out there, And people. different degrees of disgusting things I have to watch. Um, No, there's not. How many of you have a homosexual in your life? How many of you think out there, if you ask the American people, what percentage do you think there would be that had a homosexual in their life? I would say maybe maybe 5% of the people. Because they're like 1%. There's just not as many as you think. I mean, there is because there's 330 million plus people and there are percentage thereof, and so yeah, they've grown, they've grown in numbers. Anyway, before getting into the rabbit hole, they showed that's not uh, a rabbit hole. They showed you asked the question. <laughs> they showed on this commercial for the Navy a actual a woman actually being a nurse. I was shocked. She wasn't wearing camo. She wasn't wearing a yeah. Backpack. But there's other ones. The, the the man is the nurse, and the woman's the battle warrior. Yeah, well, that's full the, pack in that, camo gear. I guarantee you that pack was full of nothing but bubble wrap. That was the posters down in our own recruiting center in Butte. I also saw it on the internet. Oh, did you? Yep. I was. I I didn't like the whole. Yeah, it was like a commercial. See, and it wasn't a doctor. No, no, he, he was a nurse, and she was the infantryman. Because that's how it's supposed to be. Men are supposed to be women, and women are supposed to be men. Didn't you know that? That's what this whole gender thing's about. Must be. Seems like it, yeah, they're not happy until they turn men into little wusses. Uh, the whole country's been wussified. Even I've been wussified. Do you know how many times I, I, I had to worry about tossing a punch because I didn't want to go to jail? Because I thought if I ever went to jail, I'd never get out. I'm afraid it'd be a life sentence. So, you know, it gives me a reason not to do that. I don't want to go to jail. Uh, of course, that means you hesitate at the wrong moments. But you don't go to jail. <laughs> uh, now, now I carry a gun. Not because of that. Uh, you know, I was a martial artist for a long time. So if anybody doesn't need a gun, I'm one of them, technically, that shouldn't need a gun to defend myself. But nobody can defend themselves against a gun without a gun unless you're right on top of the person. And uh, don't get into a knife fight if you don't have a knife either because even if you had one, you're coming away cut. You don't have one, you're in trouble. Again, I know, I don't know what to tell you people. Get concealed permits, carry all kinds of weapons. Learn, that's, we have to go back to defending ourselves the way it used to be in the beginning. We had to carry all these uncomfortable things around because that was the only thing that was going to save our life if we got into trouble. And now it's happening again, but nobody's arming up. They're all screaming for less arm. Oh my God, oh my God. Shut up and get one, idiot. 
You won't have to worry about someone jumping you if you have a gun. Oh, jeez. Oh, they'll just take it away. I love that one, too. If you carry open. Oh, they'll just walk up behind you and take it away from you. I'd like to see them try. And that's on me. Uh, if you want to do it like my old sensei used to teach the New York City cops, you need to keep that gun in an appendix position so that you can control that gun and nobody can get to it. Because a lot of New York City cops had their guns taken away from them, and some of them died from their own guns. Well, part of that problem was they were afraid to pull their guns. See, they've trained the New York City police just like they've trained me growing up in New York. Be afraid to defend yourself because we're going to throw your backside in prison. If if we if we can find a way to do it, we'll do it. Okay, well, this is going to go along with that mentality because, well, read the story. Because it's going to go along with that mentality the cops right now are under. See? It was good I went down the rabbit hole, huh? That wasn't one. No, it wasn't. <laughs> if I go down a rabbit hole, I come up with a rabbit. <laughs> uh, anyway, where were we? Uh, <laughs> Perkins' action caused the suspect to leave Doris and flee before he was detained and taken into custody by another deputy and Doris shortly after. Kenton Desan Fryer, 32 of Arkansas, or Arkansas, was arrested on charges of aggravated assault of a public servant, taking an officer's weapon, evading arrest or detention with a vehicle, and driving while under the influence with a child under 15. He is in Bastrop County Jail on $50,000 bail. Before Perkins intervened, Doris arrived at the scene at Waterson Road off Texas 304, close to 9.45 p.m. on January the 16th. In response to a report of a man driving erratically with one of his children in the vehicle, officials said. When Doris tried to stop the vehicle, the man drove away and then pulled into a gas station. The man then resisted arrest. Wait a minute, aren't, why aren't we allowed to resist arrest? Isn't it, like, isn't it like a response to someone trying to arrest you is to not want to be arrested? I, I think it's, we should all be resisting arrest. I don't quite understand the charge. You're forcibly arresting me. By definition, I'm not complying with you. What Every arrest is, that's what I don't understand. Every arrest is like that. So so how can you get some people for resisting arrest? I'll tell you why. Pretty much everybody gets resisting arrest now. Yeah. Just like you better watch out for that strong arm thing. Don't don't steal a loaf of bread and have the manager try and stop you and you pull your arm away from him. That will make it a strong armed robbery. Anyway, back to Waterson Road in Texas. At least I know I'm in Texas. On January 16th, um, the man then resisted arrest, and that's when the fight ensued, Doris said. At a time when anti-law enforcement sentiment is seen in many parts of the country, Perkins's decision to intervene and help Doris has touched many in the Bastroff Sheriff's Department. Okay, so he didn't pull his weapon on this man? He just started struggling with him? I don't know. What did it say? That's what it said. It went into to say, he said, freeze. No, and then he no, went no. into, yes, and then the other, the officer went into his, 
This is the way the writer decided to do it, Susan, not me. I know, but this is the paragraph after that. You have to go I back. I read that. Not thinking about his own life. You didn't read that. Yes, I did. All right. Not, uh, let me start from the beginning. I, I didn't read the first paragraph. I find that hard to believe. No, the first paragraph you did. Well, that's the part above freeze. No, there's the freeze, and then down there's another one. I'm alive because of him. Right. Read it. Got it. You did. Perkins' actions caused the suspect to leave Doris and flee before he was detained and taken into... I've read all this. What is your point? Well, because he said that they start struggling. So that means that the police officer never pulled a gun on this guy to tell him to get down on the ground. No, that's not true at all. <laughs> that's absolutely not true at all. You can guarantee they pulled a gun. He had a gun on him already. He was... a the citizen had him under citizen arrest. What are you talking about? Doris is the cop. I understand. And the citizen actually did the arrest. <laughs> did you not read? I... Did you not listen when I talked to you? How could you not? All right. How? <laughs> what is it you don't understand? Okay, go down one more paragraph. Now I have okay. to go down a paragraph. Now it says, before Perkins intervened, Doris arrived at the scene. I read all this, Susan. Right. And a bit, oh, wow. when Doris We're wasting started, so much time talking about nothing, it's believable. Then the man arrested. I already said the whole thing in two. That's when pulled off into a gas station. Uh, right, right, Susan. I've read it all. Okay, but, but that's when the fight ensued. That's where you stopped me and started this nonsensical <laughs> pretzel nonsense. But that means that he look. You don't understand something. Don't run off. Just no, ask but, a question. Okay, Dor that means Doris, who's the cop, never pulled a gun on the guy if they were fighting. Wow. Um, just not listening. When did it say there were a hand-to-hand -hand combat? Right there. That's when the fighting ensued. Well, I've stopped right there six times now. <laughs> and I'd like to move on. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> this is not funny. Uh, then man, uh, blah blah blah. The man arrested. Don't you? You sure you gonna let me read this now? Right? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just saying. Go ahead. The, the man then resisted arrest, and that's when the fight ensued. Doris said, "At a time when I read all this, you know, <laughs> I've read all this, Susan. How much? When are you gonna catch up?" Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm moving on without you. Since you don't have any questions, this is a waste of time. This day and time, a lot of people would just drive by and keep going, said Sergeant James Davenport, who was the supervising officer of the incident. To see someone that will stop and help is special. Yeah, especially considering uh, the way the police have been behaving recently. Like, you know, we're in a police state. The few minutes when Doris was fighting with the suspect and couldn't check in with dispatchers felt like an eternity, Bastrop County Sheriff's Dispatcher Ruth Amy said. It's very emotional, very emotional, Amy said. You go into a mode, for a lack of better term, you go into an emergency mode, and you just do what you have to do. In those moments, Doris remembers fearing for his life. I remember thinking, stay in the fight, just keep fighting, Keep fighting, do whatever you can do, just stay alive. You need to go home, Doris said. He was transported to the hospital and treated for minor injuries that night. Deputy David Newman, who was the first officer to respond on the scene to, 
to assist Doris, commend, commended Perkins's quick and calm thinking. With his training and background, he wasn't able to interfere, but able to assist, and that was a very key and crucial part of this incident, Newman said. But Perkins, who served two tours in Iraq as a Marine, doesn't see himself as a hero. Anytime somebody is in need of help, you should assist them. It doesn't matter whether your life is in danger or not. You should always assist anybody who is in need, Perkins said. Now, this is why I brought this up, because I don't like the way that this writer wrote this, because we really don't get a clear idea of what Perkins did, what this Marine did. He pulled his gun and said, freeze. That stopped the fight and let the cop... Call the dispatcher. Well, no, put cuffs on the guy. Get him in the car, then call the dispatcher. He's a threat. Uh, well, You're not making a call <laughs> while you're threatened, are you? You're a cop. No. You're, I'll pick up your radio and call. The only reason I pick up my radio and call is to hit him in the head with it. <laughs> but that means, again, that this police officer didn't pull a, his gun out at this man. They just well, started fighting. so much we don't know about this story. That's like, why how I did it like start? It. I know. <laughs> we don't know. And it's not because they're telling like Perkins' story. I guess it's not important, but it is, of course. Uh, I don't know how they started fighting. I don't know why. But he pulled his gun and said, freeze. And the guy froze. Then he was arrested. See, that's why I brought up all the stuff. And that's why we should all be armed. I'm trying to explain. That cop must be pretty glad that guy was armed. Yep. Mm -hmm. And they're the first ones to to try to take our guns. And there's not that many Perkinses out there because of all the gun laws. There should be Perkinses everywhere. We should all be carrying guns. It should be unusual for someone not to carry a gun. You certainly can. Now, you people in the big city, you've never been big on guns because it, it clashes with your suits. <laughs> they actually make all but kinds of stuff. But now they got concealed suits. carry stuff. Yep. You don't have, you know, so, so you can be all chic with the newest leather Gucci holster and everything, you know. Uh, it'll be great. Well, you'll see. Come on. Women have already made. Had manufacturers make guns in pink and purple and all kinds of sparkly stuff. Uh, so, so I guess they're a new important market for the gun industry. But like I said, we should all be carrying guns. God made us. But Samuel Colt made us all equal. Again, the caliber of our veterans is not going to be the same caliber that's going to come out no. of that grinder this time. There's a way it's going to take a while for the Marines because they just started playing with the Marines. No one would dare go near the Marines before. Oh, now, oh, the Marines have to comply just like every... You can't... You can't let women in the Marine Corps, even without going into anything special. Marine Corps is all about humping it and getting killed because when it takes somebody to land on the beach with all the shells and gunfire... That's the Marines, baby. They're, they're the first there. And, you know, attrition rate hitting the beach is, is pretty high. That's why Marines have to be hurrah because, you know, look to your left and right or front or behind you, and some of these people aren't going to be here when the day is over. Take some kind of person to charge into that. That's why Marines are trained the way they're trained. Any change to weaken and not strengthen that training as they're doing is going to destroy what is built. Uh, the whole thing's about military honor, integrity, responsibility, 
being able to be good at your job. We can't have women running around tripping over themselves because they can't carry their backpack. Or worse yet, they can't take the can't save their teammate from being shot because they don't have the strength to pull him anywhere. This is why I said if you want to experiment, go with the ones that already did the experiment. They did this, it sucked. So they said, okay, let's try this. And they made women's units. Now, women in their own units, all women, they seem to do fine. Uh, it's still not going to change the fact that it's going to it's gonna affect women for doing that kind of heavy grunt stuff all the time. It causes problems with their reproductive organs, uh, among other things. That's not what they're built for. Women would never built to be men. That's why God made men. And then... Left-wing liberal progressive socialist commie fascist status bastards made men wusses. Anyway, that was a lie for, for that one thing. You this didn't... is a situation where being a license to carry holder truly did save a life. It didn't what? I didn't want to just go on. Oh, okay. See, well, all right. See, it's an opinion, but okay. I think it's important to note with the uproar that we have on gun laws, that had Mr. Perkins not had his concealed gun on him, that suspect would have likely not paid attention to him, Jones said. This is a situation where being a licensed to carry holder truly did save a life. Uh, yeah, I still, I, if I didn't have a gun, I'd use my knife. If I didn't have a knife, I'd use my body or anything else I could find. Trash can lids, trash cans themselves, whatever. He'll get, I'll get his attention. One way or another, <laughs> but it will. But it will put both our lives at risk instead of just being able to pull out a gun, go freeze, and that's it. It's uh, over. Done. See, everybody got everybody got saved from a, from a lot of uh, a lot of money going to the emergency room. Anyway, uh, it was it was good. It was there. It, it's not a story you're probably going to hear anywhere else nope. because they don't. This is not their narrative. The, the nope. lamestream media is never gonna nope. never gonna do it. It's not the narrative. No, it's not. The narrative is we need to get rid of guns. That's the narrative, and, and anything also, else doesn't play. And also, the military sucks. Yeah, the mil- Yeah, that too. They don't like the military. They don't like our veterans. They don't like the idea of it. So these two combo. <laughs> well, the military keeps us nationalized, right? If the military. If we don't have the military, we rely on what? Who are we going to rely on to protect us from invasion? We the people. You know, that's not the point. There is nobody else. To, to, but the globalists want that because they want our identity to be global and not think of ourselves and be prideful about the fact we're part of the USA. They have done everything they can internally in turn to make you think this country is a piece of crap. And it was created by blah, blah, blah people who bibbity bibbity boo and the derogatory nonsense about a lot of great men in history. Uh, who would have, if they're here today, would say, are you people completely out of your minds? When I, I, I thought there'd be problems with keeping the Republic, but this? Really? <laughs> All right, we're going to go to a break. Second Cooperative Radio Show, you stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. My name is Courtney Luster. I'm 21, well-educated, and unemployed American. I happen to be black. 
So I'm in the highest unemployment segment of the population, black youth unemployment. Notice I don't refer to myself as African-American because I'm an American first. I'm a proud American who happens to have black skin. So please explain to me where African-American fits into that equation. You're right, it doesn't. For over 60 years, the Democrat Party has used my fellow black Americans to maintain power in the federal and state governments. Why do I say that? Because I read history. While many of my friends are watching mindless videos, I choose to listen to Red State Talk Radio. Why? Because I want to educate myself, not entertain myself. Red State Talk Radio, America's premier conservative talk radio network. Hey, all you black American youth, be a Frederick Douglass Republican, not an Al Sharpton race pimp. Educate yourself. Listen to RedStateTalkRadio.com. Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call 800-764-9168 and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now, 800 764 That's 800-764-9168. If you are successful at what you do, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a business owner, or you have a great career, you understand the concept of protecting yourself. Well, are you protecting yourself, your family, and your assets with quality term life insurance? Consider these possible rates. A man age 45, non-tobacco user, could obtain $1 million of coverage for as little as $75 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 10 years. We specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. A man age 50, non-tobacco user, may be able to obtain $500,000 of coverage for as little as $115 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 20 years. We have great rates for smokers, too. Call the Term Lifeline now. 800-430-1891, 800-430-1891, 800-430-1891, 800-430-1891. If you are struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the student loan helpline now. 800-215-6813 800-215-6813 This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. 
back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. Hour half of two. From Fox News. When two suspects tried robbing a Maryland CBS on Friday, Army veteran Joe Maurizi sprang into action and it cost him his job. End is not the beginning of a sentence. Could somebody send a memo out, whoever is in charge of those memos? Uh, the Associated Press puts out a book. Uh, you don't want to know what's in the new edition. Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> you should probably tell them. They want to know. They don't have that information. Uh, anyway. <clears throat> Morisi, who served seven years in the Army, including a stint in Afghanistan, was fired from his management job at Beltsville CVS because he intervened and tried to catch the men. And it just stops there. Fox 5 reported. But Maurice said his reactions. Did you start from the beginning of this show? Mm -hmm. Something's missing here. <laughs> All right. Uh, but Maurice said his, his reactions were purely based on instinct. When two men tried robbing the CVS pharmacy during his shift, most people don't understand. Uh, if you're in a fight, it's best you have good instincts because instincts are, are like lightning fast. Uh, everything else you think about gets punched in the face. Just to be clear, so the guy, the fact that he just reacted, that was just natural reaction. That's all. I mean, he had no, he had no time to think about it. He didn't give the guy a questionnaire to see if he was a minority or something before he acted he just reacted to what was in front of him naturally that's why they hate him now because he's still a man he's not castrated uh, he quickly told cashiers to call 911 and helped an elderly man out of the store before locking the doors preventing the suspects from leaving then he confronted them the two kids ran into the door <laughs> millennials <laughs> i'm sorry millennials but you own this okay <laughs> you oh just God. you just do i have been around too many of you they have i've had known people who who have been around too many of you you own this <laughs> ran into the door i ran into the door those must have been some clean doors <laughs> it's a new kind of windex invisible <laughs> You know. What are they, birds? <laughs> you can't watch. Hey, after this, you know, they're going to tell the manager no more washing the windows between the birds <laughs> and the kids flying, and they can't have that. Just leave them dirty so they know where they are. Brian, I've, I have been in many a CVS, and the, the one down in Butte, they have stickers on the doors. I, they're I, not clear. I don't want to hear. About they have all. Well, they're clear. Of, they well, have stickers know, on, they, but they're clear. Okay, but they have the store hours right, on it. Maybe right? they didn't have it. I don't. <laughs> they have the store hours. Maybe it was above eye level for the kids because I don't know how <laughs> old those two kids are. They just said the two kids. But to me, they, they sound like baby goats because that's a kid. But but my goats aren't that stupid. Uh, the two kids ran into the door, which was now closed. And Joe got one of them and had him, Chick Hernandez, a customer in the store at the time, told Fox, did I miss something? Yes, you're getting yourself confused. The two kids ran into the door, which was closed now, 
And Joe got, got one, one of them, them and, had him. and had him do what? And had him. No, had no, no, him. no. That's not a sent. That's no. But that's that not a complete thought. No, no, but, no. There is no had him. Had him do what? Had him do what? That's just how people talk now. He didn't had him. He was restraining him, maybe. But that's not how this man talked. I don't really care about this. I hate that. It's Again, it's an incomplete sentence and it's an incomplete thought. Had him do what? It's called English. It's an important thing to remember because we're losing the ability to communicate with each other. So everyone out there just said, why does he care about that? It seems like a nitpicky look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Destroying the English language further is not a good thing. We have enough problems in this country with foreigners not speaking our language and making us try to learn their language. But the two kids ran into the door. <laughs> I can't get past that. I, I'm just visualizing this in my head over and over again. These two kids pff, right into the door, pff, down the ground. I just... At least they didn't run through the door. Maybe it was non-breaking glass. Maybe they thought they were going to bust through the door. That was it. They were going to break through the glass and escape like they saw on TV. Oh, they forgot to put the sticker on the door. It says unbreakable glass, so they're going to be sued and they're going to pay, by the way. If this has already been done at public schools where kids were breaking windows with rocks and bricks and stuff. And so they kept replacing, they kept doing it. So they replaced it with unbreakable glass. So the first time the idiot threw the brick at it, it bounced back, hit him in the head, and he got to sue and won. Because they should have had warning signs that, that it was unbreakable glass. Because it isn't warning enough to say that breaking the glass is a crime. Right, judge? This is the kind of judges we have on the stand. Not because it's a crime. No, no, no. It's it's you didn't warn the criminal. That what what do we have now? OSHA for criminals? No breakable glass unless clearly warned so the criminal doesn't dry. Well hell, just get the stickers and put it on the regular glass. Just saying. <laughs> uh Wow. The uh, the kid he had said to his partner, shoot him. And then Joe said, I've been in the military far too long. You don't have anything. It turned out there was no gun, though one of the suspects held a screwdriver. They don't laugh. You can kill someone with a screwdriver. Yeah, see, everything can become a weapon. Someone plunges that into your upper stomach, boy. It's the liver, the spleen. It's all good. That'll take it out. Ask any prisoner in jail in prison if, if they'd love to have a screwdriver they kill people with like you know sharpened toothbrushes and stuff it doesn't take that much well when i was in the self-defense course they taught me how to use a bookend well in prison credit they, card in prison they're taught to lose everything <laughs> just everything and it's and you're taught because someone's beating the hell out of you if you don't uh yeah, I know. You think prison's a wonderful place. You buy all that uh, daisies and lollipop nonsense. Anyway, uh, there was no gun. I don't really know that they... I don't really know that they didn't really have one, Marisi said. I just kind of assumed... Uh-oh, watch that ass you me stuff. Morrissey grabbed the screwdriver, but eventually the bed got away. When Marisi's boss arrived, however, Marisi said he was told... 
He was being terminated because of his actions. My boss, when he came to deliver the news, he was sick to his stomach. Marisi said he didn't want to, but he didn't have a choice. In a statement to Fox 5, CBS said it would not comment on specific security procedures or policies as we do not want them to undermine them. There was no security policies oh, yeah. at this place. Oh, yeah. That, he did not read the handbook. I guarantee you there was. It's it's like comply, give them the money, and that's it. That's it. That's their, gonna be their, that's their policies. They don't want you to fight back because they're afraid there's going to be a gunfight. There's going to be more damage to property and persons, and then they'll get sued because people got killed in the store. Uh, that's what they're thinking about at corporate. They're not thinking about what a great guy this was. It's all about covering your backside liability. That's all it is. Whoever is the CEO of CVS should be ashamed of himself, and he should come out, and he should he should do a turnaround. He said, we're sorry, this is a mistake. We have blanket policies, but there there's always exceptions to the rules, and this was uh, obviously somebody too aggressive and, and following the uh, suggested guidelines within, within the whatever handbook they give it. You know, it was a time when you did that for your boss. Man, he'd give you a raise, take you out to dinner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because you were defending now you're him. now you're just fired because you were defending his property now you see why i was afraid for so long to get in a fist fight can you see look what this guy did if i he didn't even hit anybody he, look I, I really honest to god i i'm afraid i i don't want to have to hit somebody because i'm afraid i'm going to kill him and if i'm going to kill him i'd much rather use a gun at least that it makes sense, and they don't have to get—they don't have to dig into areas I don't want them to dig into. Uh, but like I said, there's—I was saying to a friend of mine when he was trying to say this great—he uh, had this great defense. You know, it's a—it's like an asp. Uh, it's a collapsible baton that you snap out, beat people up with, and his had a cattle prod in the end of it, like ten million volts or something, some such nonsense, and uh, really, really cool. But I, I was explaining to him that I, I don't carry less lethal options on my body because when I use my gun, I don't want to have to hear, well, you had a stun gun. Why didn't you try that first? You see what I'm saying? Any defense lawyer would do that in a heartbeat. You were carrying a, a collapsible baton with a shocking mechanism on it. Why couldn't you just have shocked him? I don't know. Why does Superman hate kryptonite? Huh? Some questions just shouldn't be asked. Uh, but this, you know, let's. Well, maybe the tur does the does the story take a turn, or is this just a downer? It takes a little baby turn. All right. Uh, so anyway, didn't want to mind him. Marisi said since news of his heroics went public, he received numerous job offers and interview opportunities. He's also applied for a position with the Prince George County Police Department. My Facebook has been blowing up from people all over the country just thanking me and reposting it, Marisi said. I love that. It's so politically correct. My Facebook has been blown up. 
Blow them up. See, Marines, eh? they don't know how to you actually got to watch them around women in mixed company. They, uh, you know, curse like drunken sailors. Well, they fit right in New York, but anywhere else they have a problem. I've got people from Wichita, Kansas to the Philippines. People back home are calling me. It blew up way bigger than I ever thought it would. Where are all the prize going? Look at this violence talk. Violence. They're using violence talk. It's, why is it that you only get that from people that look like they can't fight their way out of a paper bag and after you learn what their personality is like, you know, for a fact, they can't. They're not going to. Anyway. So Susan, that was actually our military heroes. I actually found heroes. It was it up because I don't care. They lost the job in a stupid store. Obviously, he didn't, he didn't want to work there anyway. Uh, he's got other opportunities now. Oh, he's got options. And even with all the options he's got, he wants to become a, police a policeman now. They'd be smart to take him. I don't know if he. I don't know if he gets in there. He's going to want to be there. I know. Today, the police are so. I know. Like rules of engagement, you know, problems. Yep. And now with everybody just assassinating them. Not everybody I know. They're just black people from the ghetto. I, what what stopped them from killing them all this time? They waited for someone to tell them it was okay? They waited for one of their brilliant leaders like Sharpton to tell them it was okay. To encourage it. To say it has to be done. Sharpton should be in jail already. That man has caused directly by his yelling fire in a crowded theater attitude. He has, he has caused all this violence. He has caused... A, at least two riots in the ghetto in New York City when I worked there. I hated this punk. He was a fake-haired bulldoze. They got that reverend, uh, reverendized way to speak, you know, and uh, always out there t t just beating up on the white man, beating up on the white man, white man, white man. It's I got bad news for you. Skin color is not evil, but if it was, it wouldn't be white. So leave it alone. You know, it's amazing that he is the Prague's darling right now. He is the man. It's not amazing. He's always been. He's doing exactly what the, He's a community organizer. I never knew that title before until Obama. I didn't know there was such a thing. I just called him a, uh, what was the word I used for him? Someone antagonizes people. An antagonist? Yeah, antagonist. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. No, it was actually another word, but that'll work. Sure. I, you know, I, I was almost killed because of his fiery rhetoric. My God. I was so pissed one time. I was flying by him. I had to be 50 miles an hour in the ambulance. And I heard that bullhorn. And I, I looked. I turned my head and I grabbed the battery that was sitting on the console, a D-cell. And I threw it at him as I was flying by. I didn't hit him. I didn't. I I didn't think I would, <laughs> but I tried. It was you know I couldn't slow down because that would be bad for the patient I'm going to. So I had to just give it a wing, you know, just let it go. Nobody got hurt. Did Nobody it, got in trouble. Did it make you feel better? Yes, <laughs> temporarily. Sometimes you got to get that crap out of your system. You know, when you're sitting around thinking about ways to kill them, slowly, it's probably best to do something else.
Anyway, she wants to talk about leap year for some apparent reason because uh, nobody cares until it's leap year. It's leap year. I know, but that's the only, only time it matters, I guess, but I don't know why. It's just a way to fix the broken calendar because the system doesn't work. The Julian calendar doesn't work. It's not in psych. It's not in sync with the universe. We're and in- so every so many years, we have to have a leap day to fix it. That we're in the Gregorian calendar. Oh, Gregorian? No, right. no, no. Is yes, that the Julian? No, the Julian started it and then Gregory fixed it. <laughs> okay, King Gregory. Or, uh, well, a lot of people don't know about this. What was it? it no, he was one of the uh, Russian people. Uh, what are they called? Czars. Yeah, I think he was a czar. Gregor, Gregory. Anyway, um, the length, oh, from timeanddate.com. A length of a year on Earth is defined by the time it takes our planet to complete a full orbit around the sun. Called a tropical year, solar year, astronomical year, or equinox year. It is approximately 365.242189 days long on average. Its length changes slightly over time. Because a common year has 365 days in today's Gregorian calendar, a leap day is regularly added to bring it in sync with the tropical year. Without leap days, our calendar would be off by one day approximately every four years causing the astronomical seasons to occur at an increasingly later date as time goes by. In less than 50 years, the March equinox would be in April, and the June solstice would occur July. Julius Caesar introduced the first leap years over 2,000 years ago. But the Julian calendar had only one rule. Any year evenly divisible by four would be a leap year. This formula produced way too many leap years, but was not corrected until the introduction of the Gregorian calendar more than 1,500 years later. Well, it worked for them 1,500 years. It couldn't be that bad. I just don't understand why we couldn't go in sync with nature. Well, we'd have to rethink. Someone would have to be the type that would want to rethink the whole calendar. And how do you get someone to take up your new calendar? Well, you're not the czar and you're not Caesar. So what do you do? You can't do it. That's why. I'm wondering. Nobody's if- going to go into a whole new calendar for you. Nobody's going to want to do it. Everyone's fine. Everything's here. It works fine. Leave it alone. Even though science has come a bazillion years past what it was when this Gregorian calendar was made up. Now with all our technology, you think we could make a really cool calendar. That's up. what I was thinking. Like maybe a, a, a Spock calendar. Or <laughs> That's what I was thinking. The James T. Kirk calendar. Something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm stuck in Star Wars tonight. Uh, I just saw, heard something on Star Wars and was thinking something about Vulcans. And- hey, you know, it's pretty funny. We're watching a new show before we go on. Uh, we're watching a new show based on... Books written by Terry Brooks. I don't know if you folks out there know who Terry Brooks is. Fantasy, sci-fi fantasy. Fantasy, yeah. though. We, Brian and I have a lot of his uh, chronicles. We really like him as a writer. Brian and I are all geeks and we're into sci-fi. <laughs> fantasy. Always have been. But oh, yeah. I can eat through fantasy books. This new show, The Chronicles of? I don't know. Shannara. 
Oh, I didn't know what you were talking about. The Frankenstein Chronicles? No, that's... We watched that, too. I know, but Terry Brooks... Last night, you told me there's only one Chronicles we watched. Yep, no, but the I'm only... pointing one... out the Frankenstein the... Chronicles. Yes, but only... Then we have the Chronicles of Schnera. Right, but that's the only books that were written by Terry Brooks. He didn't write the other Chronicle. I didn't know you were still talking about Terry Brooks. Well, I'm bringing it up because you, t- you were talking about Star Trek. So, anyway, this da, is... Da, 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 da. The, his books... Da, da, da. <laughs> They're set in post post apocalyptic. Right. Without in other words, the it's what I always said about uh <laughs> Tolkien was uh, the way I understood the races that he was talking about and a lot of stuff was that we were actually post apocalyptic. We had already blown up the world and this is what was left and then grew up and and be- and started to become civilized like always more we always try and create a- a civilized society. No matter where you drop them, you're going to try and find some kind of government that works for you to make. It's always the way. But in this one scene, the got to hum- have government. Unfortunately, the just humans, the right one. In this one scene, the humans actually got electricity back. Nobody else had it. The humans. And, yeah, the humans. Uh, sorry. Right. Yes, the four. We're talking about the four races now: the humans, trolls, elves, gnomes, and gnomes. Oh, yeah, these gnomes are disgusting, too. I was like, they're not like the oh, little yeah. garden gnomes that you see all over the place, like the little cute ones. Well, these oh, are, I Lord. understand, they're all post-apocalypse. These are, these are the mutants. The, all the, the ones, they're all mutants, except humans. And not zombies, for once. No, no, no. No zombies. <laughs> so I'm tired of zombies, Very human, humanoid-like. So and alive, get, very alive, they get until they're not. And then they're very dead, and they stay there. They get electricity back on the humans and they have one of the old real movies no, she's talking about just like in this little town or something you know oh, oh you're are they watching a movie back at their camp what's no that was the town was trying to rebuild and trying to attract more humans to it and they actually got some of the old technology going which the rest of the races have no clue but there's magic in it it's complicated they don't want to have they, they, you have to stand it's that all that science is magic from the apocalypse um science is evil is perceived as evil and magic is perceived as good or evil depending on who's using it and how but Which anyway, is kind of they the way get... everything else is, right? So they have this old reel, a movie reel, and they the the thing they're was watching Spock? was Star Trek. I knew it. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I, I remember like, seeing oh it. Oh my now. god! Uh, I it, it was an episode of Star Trek. You know which one they should have did? <laughs> the one with uh, uh, we the people. Remember, they had this weird way of saying that, and it, I couldn't. You couldn't figure out what it was till he found a piece of the Constitution. And it's clicked in his head, and he was like, no, not we poablate, potudo, or something like that. It was really silly. Anyway, but he he came out with, uh, you know, he started reciting the preamble of the Constitution. It, it was great. And they talked about the Constitution on TV. Can you imagine that today? Kind of goes to a break. So I go up to the radio show. You stay tuned, because we will be right back. Socialists, you will be 
assimilated. Your individual liberties, personal freedoms, and mental individuality will be added to our own. Resistance is futile. New from Class Envy Productions, the people who brought you Obamacare, Cleopatra Obama, and Barry's got a brand new stash. An all-new exploitation picture starring Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, and a cast of millions and millions of unemployed Americans who all got the shaft. Members of Congress and my fellow Americans, while on vacation, working on my new, new jobs plan, I realize there are steps we can take right now to improve people's lives. But I, I want to continue to build roads and bridges, protect union jobs, and pay people to sit at home for another year. And every proposal I've laid out will be paid for by our children. There is the man who never had any other plan except the you damn right. He's the cat who won't slow down when the country's going south. From the Can you dig it? You see, this cat buried is one dumb mother. Shut your mouth. I'm just talking about Obama. Oh, okay. He's not a complicated man, but nobody understands him but his woman. Michelle. Barack! Barack! You didn't eat the apples in your happy meal! Shaft, now playing in an economy near you. You're damn right. Welcome to the Red State Cafe. My name's Darla. You ready to order, sweetie? Your omelets are made with organic eggs, right? They come from a chicken's ass. That organic enough for you, sugar? Uh, what's your pork? Is it steroid-free? It is by the time Chef Earl is done with it, honey. Well, how about your chicken fried steak? That's made with free-range chicken, right? Free-range? We can't afford to give it away, darling. Look, I don't see it on the menu, but can you just make me a progressive omelet? Sugar, you're in the wrong restaurant. Uh, what should we do about evil? Uh, that's, that's a good question. Uh... We see it all the time in the streets, Darfur, but not in Iraq at any time. We need to be humble and not have a spine. Defeated. Defeated. Let me just say. Uh, Defeated. Defeated. Do you know a soldier in need of an angel? Would you like to be an angel to a soldier in need? Then you should visit www.soldiersangels.org. Since 2003, Soldiers Angels has supported thousands of American service members stationed wherever we raise our country's flag, and the number is growing daily. They also work with our wounded soldiers, giving them backpacks filled with needed items, personal visits, phone calls, etc. Additionally, they send our thanks via letters and email to the military of Great Britain, Poland, and Australia who serve by our soldier side in Iraq. Soldiers Angels are dedicated to ensuring that our military know they are loved and supported during and after their deployment into harm's way. So sign up to be an angel today, or send an angel to a soldier in need. Visit www.soldiersangels.org. This has been a public service announcement from the Uncooperative Radio Show. 
This is Jeff Carlisi from the band 38 Special. On behalf of all my conservative rocker friends, I'd like to thank the brave members of our fine armed forces for putting their lives on the line every day to protect our liberty. Thank you. The private sector is doing fine. President Obama's promise to get national unemployment under 8% has not yet been realized. 40 consecutive months of 8% unemployment or more. Uh, the private sector is doing fine. The recovery has kind of slowed down. You can see that in our jobs numbers. Uh, the private sector is doing fine. It's the weakest recovery we've ever had. Uh, the private sector is doing fine. Welcome back to the Crawford Radio Show. Hour three. So before we went to the break, I was talking about this show, the Chronicles of Shannara. But the point, yeah, that's how we call it. But the point was that when they show the humans, because the humans think elves are evil, everyone thinks the elves are evil in this show. Well, they want to. They cut off the the. They even cut off elves' ears. No, the uh, trolls want the ears. They buy them. Right, but even the humans. They everybody. They, everyone hates the, the because, elves. Yeah, because <laughs> they they've been okay. vilified because they haven't been. They not paying attention to mankind. They separated themselves, and and then all kinds of stories got made up about them. And uh, after all, they do have magic, and it kind of scares people. So. The deal is that when they were watching the reel of Star Trek, when Kirk came out, everyone was like, yay! And then they switched the scene to Spock, and everyone was like, boo! Because he had elf ears. Because <laughs> he had elf ears. <laughs> I was like, oh my lord. Well, of course they're watching Star Trek in the post-apocalyptic world. <laughs> I'd be watching Star Trek. Wow. Well, when you think about it, you could actually <laughs> weave those two together. They could have used magic to leave the lands of man. Remember when other stories where they disappear? Mm-hmm. And they could have actually used magic to travel through space and time to another planet and develop independently and turn into the Vulcans. There you go. Or the Romulans are both. <laughs> so, They're related. I, that's, I know that's a total aside of everything we're talking about, but... It's so depressing out there. I have to bring every once in a while something kind of light in. <laughs> I would imagine that. I don't think we have an hour's worth of material left. Yeah, we do. You you aren't even there yet. <laughs> Looks like I'm more than halfway done. All right, this day in history. Which we never get to. That's why I put it in here. From history.com. That was Predatory. Silas Dean, Connecticut delegate to the Continental Congress, leaves for France on a secret mission on this day in 1776. The Committee of Congress for Secret Correspondence, consisting of Benjamin Franklin, Benjamin Harrison, John Dickinson, John Hay, and Robert Morris. Was that John Hay or John Jay? It says John Hay. Yeah, if it doesn't I fix think... <laughs> itself, 
I don't know who John Hay is. I know. I'm thinking it's John Jay. Uh, some, uh, Robert Morris. I knew the other Morris. Uh, oh, Governor Morris. I knew his must be related. No, his real name is, his first name is Governor. He wasn't the governor. That must be confusing if you're the governor. Your first name is Governor. You have to call him Governor Governor. No? Okay. Instructed Deanne to meet with French Foreign Minister Charles Gravier, Comte de Vergonnes, to stress America's need for military stores and assure the French that the colonies were moving toward total separation. Deanne managed to negotiate for unofficial assistance from France in the form of ships containing military supplies and recruited the Marquis de Lafayette to share his military expertise with the Continental Army's officer corps. Not corps, corps. He was a really good general. Um, when we've been doing our Ladies of the Revolution, he's come up quite frequently. And when we when anything has to do with the generals, we actually go in and do research and talk about the generals in depth. He was a really good guy. I mean, for a Frenchman, he was like above, <laughs> above and beyond. <laughs> for a Frenchman. You mean he didn't wear all that poofy makeup no, like the other French? No, no. He was, he was a, a stellar guy. He really was. That's why he came over and did what he did. Yeah. He was really in, he was more into the cause of liberté than into the, you know, fighting the British. The other generals just wanted to kick British booty. But he, he really felt for the Americans. He embraced us. Mm-hmm. So did um, the German, I think, Stu, uh, Steuben? Something von Steuben. Yeah, he did too. He came over here. If it wasn't for him, we our troops would have been slaughtered. He's a villain in the, the what is that, Important People, whatever this movie called? I don't know. You're not, you're not talking about Sleepy Hollow. No, 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 no. An extraordinary gentleman. Stupid was a bad guy. Yeah, I know, but he wasn't. I know, but he wasn't in the movie. I believe he wasn't to us. But he was a cool bad guy. <laughs> well, he was to the English. And, you know, now, Von Steuben couldn't speak English. I don't remember his first name, something Von Steuben. Yeah. I'll have to look it up. But um, this <laughs> Frenchman, he did. He spoke English. So in order to train the troops, they had to go around and see if there was any German descent... Uh, what do you call soldiers to help him to try to translate as he was training our troops. It was really interesting. The revolutionary war was amazing. Well, they can say the same thing about our times. Yeah, but our times are full of people that are crappy. Their times, it wasn't. Ah, no, there was full of crappy people too. Yeah, but most of them. uh, We only read, you don't make history being the crappy person. You make history being the founding fathers in history. Because of the choices they made. There was a whole bunch of people that were all involved in this, all fought in this, and they were on the other side, and they lost. But they don't cover that. They just don't cover it, except for the, you know, the loyalists having to leave and stuff like that. Oh, man. We did the, we have done a lot of loyalist women. These people, these poor people, they really were on the wrong side of history, and they really paid for it, Brian. Really did it bad. Well, that's it. It would have been really bad for our founding fathers if it went the other way, too. I know. So no matter who wins, someone loses. That's the way it works. That's why we don't want a civil war. Well, I don't really care what happens to people that are on the other side. 
Um, I'm, I'm military oriented. My job is to kill you if you're on the other side. I don't care about why you're doing what you do. My job is to kill you. Yeah, but we already have the tool. We have the Constitution. We don't have to go through this again. We didn't yet. And yes, we had what we had. You always have something right before you have something else. It's just the way history is. We've got the, we don't have the Constitution. We haven't had the Constitution since the 1800s. And then, you know, it was already chewed around the edges. So we don't have it. We have one, but it means whatever the courts want to mean. So it's useless because its job was to protect we the people from the government, not the other way around. By November 6, 1776, Deanne wrote the committee expressing his frustration at their lack of specific instructions and reported that he had garnered 200 pieces of brass cannon and arms tents and accoutrements for 30,000 men with ammunition in proportion and between 20 and 30 brass mortars which were waiting to leave for the rebelling colonies at Havre de Grace in Nantes. On December the 7th, Diane wrote, Congress to ask that they ratify the commission of Major General that he had promised to Lafayette. Despite these significant contributions to the Patriot cause, Deanne's career ended in disgrace. When Benjamin Franklin, John Adams, and Arthur Lee came to France to serve as delegates in an open capacity, Lee accused Deanne of financial misconduct during his secret mission. Because the French government would not release their confidential documents involving Deanne's clandestine mission, he never was able to prove his innocence, nor was he ever proven guilty. He did bankrupt under suspicious circumstances on board a ship while returning from his exile in Europe to the United States in 1789. And that, of course, is the year the Constitution comes into force. <clears throat> Fifty years after his death, Congress granted Deanne's granddaughter a payment in apology for the government's ill treatment of her patriot grandfather. That's it? Yeah. A payment in apology. Why does everybody have their hand out? The government has no money. Go away. It's my money. I didn't do anything. Go away. But just go away. That was a long time ago. Whatever happened back then, well, it happened back then. Oh, she's messing with paper. It's got to be something horrible. Oh, wait, it's the third It's the third hour. Yep. There's no commercial breaks in the third hour. No, you just do your spiel. Oh, okay. Spiel. If you care to watch the show, listen to the show live. You can't watch it. If you want to listen to the show live, you can catch us Thursday nights. And Sunday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Just two nights to remember, but write it down. Sundays and Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time at uncooperativeradio.com. We could download and listen to all our shows, including getting apps of all different kinds to listen to our shows uh, over there. 
and uh, it's just a field day. If you if you do go over there, please do like us or whatever else feature that particular site has for the show. Maybe rate us, give us a comment, etc. It'll help put the show out there more. Now we're rebroadcasted all over the place, but our main our main home is redstatetalkradio.com. Uh, which has two studios, Studio A and Studio B, about 44 shows. Our shows rebroadcast Tuesdays and Fridays, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, in Studio A. The 24-7 or free listener line, you don't have data, you want to listen, this is the place, no talkie, it's not a call-in number. 605-562-4209, Studio B, our shows rebroadcasted Sunday, 12 a.m. Eastern Time, Tuesday, 9 a.m. Eastern, Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern. The 24-7 listener line, 518-712-0045, 518-712-0045. While there, also check out the free newsletter. It's it's a very good newsletter. I, I read it. And if you don't like it, you can always unsubscribe. We don't keep records of that kind of stuff so we won't even know give it a shot uh also for those listening that do go to red state talk radio we're sad to inform you that uh Peter mondoni died sunday night saturday Saturday. night our thoughts and prayers go out to his family and friends and for those who don't know who he is he is the well he was he's the creator of redstatetalkradio.com the brains and heart no, he created it. Right. Other people joined it, but he created it. Now the other people that joined it are kind of the people in charge, but we don't know what's going on yet. Business as usual until they figure it out, and then hopefully it won't be too painful for listeners. Did you tell them about Roku? Oh, RedStateTalkRadio.com is on Roku, too. It's in the regular listing, so all you have to do is look for it for free. Uh, let's see. You can also catch RedStateTalkRadio.com on TuneIn, Studio A, and Studio B. And our show in those studios during the time it's picked up by TuneIn. There's no times. You can listen to whatever you want. Um, What else is there? Oh, iHeartRadio. Can't forget iHeartRadio. Majority of our listeners are there from what I at least the ones I can track. Uh, we're happy to be over on iHeart, and if you're an iHeart listener, thank you. And if you on our heart, iHeart and don't listen, well, follow the show. Uh, what else can I tell them? Oh, you can just do a search. If, if you're on a particular thing that I'm not mentioning, like iTunes, we're there. Uh, Podbean, we're there. We're all, I don't know, we're all, people are pulling stuff off my RSS feed. I don't even know who they are. So, so you can listen to them probably anywhere you want, if you just look for it. Anything else, Susan? What am I no, forgetting? You're good. Oh, forgetting something? Nope. No, I ah, just reminded you what you forgot. <laughs> I just reminded you. Oh, don't. Oh, people are talk show. Yes, we're still uploading over to talk show. We won't stop. Don't worry about it. Uh, that's talkshow.com. Talkcast ID nine four six one. All right. So I guess it's time for the fuzzy, buzzy report.
from the Associated Press. Six Iranian immigrants have sold their mouths shut to protest the mass evictions and destruction of a large swath of a migrant camp in northern France in a desperate bid to bring attention to their plight. Okay, I didn't know whether to put this in the Fuzzy Muzzy report or the dumbass report. Six Iranian <laughs> migrants sewed their mouths shut. What do I care? I know. Good. Really good. That's the least that should happen to you. You Iranian. Say, stop being Iranian. Or go back to Iran. The unusual protest with Nesday came on the third day of an operation to dismantle the makeshift camp on the edge of Kalai. Or Kalais. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. Most of the several thousand living there hope to sneak across the English Channel to Britain. Some camp dwellers, see over there, they, they need to start killing them and throwing them in mass graves. And they'll just go away and they'll, we'll leave them alone. Oh, don't forget to cover them with pig entrails. Well, uh, th- not only that, Brian, they might actually go back and fight for their damn country. No, they're not. No, no. They they only like to attack uh, helpless women and children. Or when they outnumber the men. They're not very brave. Stupid, yes. Brave, no. Some camp dwellers have stood on roofs to try to save their huts. Others set them afire. The Iranians held a sign asking for a U.N. representative to visit the camp. Claire Mosley of Care for Calais, British volunteer group, said the protest was a cry for help because they don't know what else to do. Uh, first of all... I should have started by not coming here. Thank you. Go back home. Solve your own problems. Thank you. So I'm sorry, but by the way, there's no there's no power in the federal government to bring in refugees. Absolutely not. And the only time it happened in our history, the states brought them in to the state. And then idiots wanted to give them money in the federal government, and James Madison said no and vetoed. Because there's nothing in the Constitution that allows you to dip in the people's treasury to give money to other people. Again, I didn't know whether to put this in the Fuzzy Muzzy report or the dumbass report, the dumbass segment, because they're trying to save their huts, but others just set them afire. And, <laughs> and the destruction of our society is, can be linked right back to this decentralization nonsense. Why is it the federal government has to run everything? That's never was it never the intent to have a government to run everything. They weren't to govern us or the states. As a matter of fact, the states govern the national government, not the other way around. And our local government and states, the only ones that govern us. Not the national government. In the Constitution. If we followed it. But we don't. A court ruled last month that the destruction of the large southern sector of the camp is legal, but common spaces like houses of worship must be spared. State Prefect Fabian Buccio told reporters on Wednesday that it will take about a month to complete the process. Authorities estimate that 800 to 1,000 individuals live in the sector being dismantled. But humanitarian groups say there are more than 3,000. The state has offered to house displaced migrants in space remaining in nearby heated containers or send them to temporary welcome centers so they can consider applying for asylum in France. That's what France needs, more Muslims. 
Why, France was burning years ago. <laughs> By now they're used to it. Peugeot is rich. Moving along from CNSNews.com, the top U.S. military commander in Europe told lawmakers Tuesday that the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria, ISIS, is infiltrating the ranks of refugees entering Europe, and that terrorists, returning foreign fighters, and criminals are now part of the daily flow. Asked by Senator Kelly Ayotte, Republican New Hampshire, whether ISIS will continue to try to infiltrate refugee flows. U.S. Air Force General Philip Breedlove told the Senate Armed Services Committee, I think that they are doing that today. Breedlove, Breedlove sorry, who is both head of U.S. European Command and NATO's Supreme Allied Commander, did you know that? I don't know, it's been such a shake-up, I never heard of him said that the refugee, refugees, flows one or two years ago were, on the whole, made up of probably more legitimate refugees, fleeing civil wars, terrorism, and other problems. By contrast, what we have seen growing in the past months and year is that in that flow of refugees, we see criminality, terrorism, and foreign fighters. This criminality, the terrorists and returning foreign fighters are clearly a daily part of the refugee flow now. He said he cited Syrian President Bashar al-Assad's use of barrel bombs, an indiscriminate weapon that does not serve an effective military purpose. Barrel bombs are designed to terrorize, get people out of their homes, and get them on the road and make them someone else's problem, he said. These indiscriminate weapons used by both Bashar al-Assad and the non-precision use of weapons by Russian forces I can't find any other reason for them other than to cause refugees to be on the move and make them someone else's problem. This could, you know, backfire. You could make them ISIS's problem, and then they're ISIS warriors. In his written testimony, Breedlove noted that more than one million refugees or economic migrants arrived in Europe in 2015, entering primarily via Italy and Greece figure was expected to increase this year. The UN High Commander for Refugee Refugees said on Tuesday that 131,724 refugees and migrants had traveled across the Mediterranean and arrived in Southern Europe in January and February this year, the vast majority landing in Greece. The agency warned of a looming humanitarian crisis as European governments closed borders and wrangle over how to respond to the influx. Meanwhile, President Caesar, Barack Obama, has pledged to admit 10,000 Syrian refugees into the U.S. during fiscal year 2016. He's talking about 200,000 overall last time he spoke that I heard. I don't really listen to him. He's an idiot. As of this week, a total of 942 Syrian refugees have been admitted. Of those, 0.8% are Christians. And 920, 97.6%, are Sunni Muslims. La, 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 la. <laughs> That's what needs to happen to Muzzies. Not the other way. Not them doing it. We need to do it to them. <clears throat> you can la, 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 all the way out of the country. And take your call to prayer with it. 
from PamelaGeller.com. Man, I, you know, I should try and contact her. I, I remember when she was like nobody, just just like a regular person, and now she's super person, and you know, as far as media attention, etc. Mass harassment in Sofenhof shopping center, Kiel. Translated from this article, KN Online. Large-scale police effort in Sofenhof in Kiel. Two asylum seekers from Afghanistan molested three young women aged 15, 16, and 17 years on Thursday afternoon. As the young girls tried to escape, they were pursued by about 30 men. Interior Minister Stefan Stutt commented about this in the press. After a dramatic incident in Kiel Sofenhof, a new debate on security and the handling of criminal immigrants is kindled. 20 to 30 men with an immigrant background have harassed three young girls on Thursday, 17.30 to 19.30 hours, in the mall. That's 5.30 to 7.30. Military time. PM. The police shared this information only on Friday. Four men were taken into custody. I don't know. It's what it says. Two two main culprits, 19 and 26-year-old asylum seeker from Afghanistan, were observing the girls of the ages of 15, 16, and 17 years then followed them and filmed them with mobile phones. The pictures they took were then disseminated through social networks. Gradually, more and more men came to harass the girls also. What? How can it end? Something's missing. (laughs) Gradually, more and more men came to harass the girls also. Period. Okay. Only when a security guard and police intervened, the group let the girls leave. Unlike the New Year's Eve attacks in Hamburg and Cologne, there was apparently no sexual assault. The Afghans and two other suspects were taken into custody after they had resisted police. And they hadn't done anything wrong but until the police came. Then they resisted, and then they did something wrong. This is, I, I, this is why I'm not a fan of police. Sheriffs are another story. Uh, the Afghans and two other suspects were taken into custody. Uh, Seifenhoff and uh, on the way to the police station, the detainees resisted vehemently. They insulted the police and uttered threats and caused physical injuries. The main offenders spent a night in custody. The other two were already released on Thursday after identity verification. Where they came from, the police couldn't tell. In Kyle, the main the chain of social responsibility has worked. Companions and visitors immediately notified the authorities. The police had the perpetrators arrested quickly. Now, the other accomplices must be found, except that your policies allow them people to come in and harass your citizens. That's the big deal, doofus Now, the other accomplices must be found, said the minister. We now need to look at what the state police can learn so we can pass it on to other departments of state police. He's a father of four children, including two girls of the same age. 
That's an insane burden on girls and their parents, Stutz said. Yeah, let's just, let, you know, it's okay. You know, come over our country and rape our little girls. That's what we want. We're, we're a fun government. Uh, someone tell me how people think government's supposed to help you do things for you and keep you safe. Has, has this ever occurred with a centralization of power in government? No, it has not. You're looking at Europe right now. That's democratic socialism at work. This is what they want for us on the way to where we're going. The social responsibility, really? Oh, you got social contracts next to? Look, this is how local, under the Constitution, how it's handled locally. And if need be, by the individual citizens themselves. But see, under the Constitution, our government can't do this to us, can't bring in refugees. Oh, but wait, they're doing it anyway. That's right, the refugees are coming, and so are, oh, by the way, whole new waves of Central Americans are planning to come in this summer. Oh, joy. And what are we doing about it? Absolutely nothing. In fact, if you do something about it, the Injustice Department will probably put you in jail. But with personal responsibility comes, I see a crowd doing something like this, my shotgun comes out, and there's going to be a lot of dead muzzies. Not that it matters, because their lives aren't worth squat to any of them, so really, what's the loss to them? To us, it's a gain. There's no laws. Uh, Muslims, uh, Muslims can bring us nothing but misery. Nothing but misery. Nothing but misery. And mark my words, that is not the religion you want to think is going to do anything nice. Because it doesn't do anything nice for anybody except, oh yeah, people that like to torture people and rape them. They're really happy muzzies because they're encouraged to do that. All the other religions say, no, those can't have those stupid religions. They're, they're not real. This one's real. The one that says murder people and tear them apart and make them suffer and rape women and and circumcise women and uh, draw and quartered women and honor killings. And I could go on and on about the disgusting so-called religion called Islam, which is Lucifer's religion, although it is uh, like nothing else you have ever experienced because it's not a religion. It's a component of the government. It's not religious. It's tyrannical. Yes. Well, it, I guess it's religious. As in, I don't just think of Islam as a religion. It's a blueprint for a theocratic government, governance for all the world, for an empire. It's all purpose is to take the whole world over and kill everybody that disagrees with the prophet Muhammad. Back in the day, Everybody disagreed with the Prophet Muhammad. He was an idiot. He was cast out of laughingstock out of his clan. Kicked out in the desert. Go peddle your wares elsewhere. That's why he's peddling Jesus' message. He tried to steal that first. It didn't work. So he got mad. That's how evil works. You don't get what you want. Then they say, well, but if you do this, you will. Look, there's a whole band of bandits you just happen to run into before dying of thirst in the desert. And look, they're ready to come and kill all of your clan just for sharing the loot. I wonder how that they, those two seem to have gotten together just at the right moment. Has anyone ever thought about that? What are the odds of being sent out in the desert and then finding a, 
a whole bunch of men and cutthroats that are willing to listen to you and follow you to kill your people because you promised them money and then expand and grow into the into an army well, that's how islam started <laughs> that's simplistic that's how it started actually the start is pretty simplistic he's a narcissistic lunatic and that's how it started and then the devil came in lucifer came in and took advantage and now we have islam and we'll never be safe you'll never know you're going to be safe anywhere especially in those big cities of yours that's where they're going to hit you. They're in population areas. People in the middle of nowhere are not big enough splash for them. So I don't have to worry about they won't find their way on my mountain. But if they do, they might not find their way off. Anyway, Susan's is planning on talking about something I can tell. Yeah, because you blew through the fuzzy Muslim report, and it was important. Self, it's, it was self-explanatory. Are you if sure? It's self, it tells a story. <laughs> Look, if I'm reading a story, what do I have to offer? I have no facts. I don't know what's going on. It's a story. I can't have much to offer when it's when the story's saying how bad something is without you even saying anything. It's kind of hard to just pile on. It becomes wasteful. People got it the first time I read it. I don't have to beat them over the head with it. Okay, well, this article I'm going to read from Imprimis, this guy didn't get it. Um, I think, well, I really want you to opine on it because I'm saving all these Imprimises, <laughs> and I really wanted to get to them, but there's so much out there in the freaking... <laughs> it's Imprimis. Imprimis. There's so much. Did you see how much... Is you... it Imprimis or Imprimis? It's probably Imprimis because Imprimis sounds better. Yeah, it's Imprimis. I I've been reading this for years, so I always spelled it the way I sounded it out. You know, now, Primus, it's Primus. The reason I don't get to any of these is because there's so much news out there. Did you see how much news we just reported on? Did you say? It's a we, lot more than that. I know. Did you say the word Trump once? No. Did you say elections once? I don't know. No. I might not have read not, it, but I might have said it. Because we're not going to do that here. You weren't here. There's too much going on. But this election is so important. Everybody's talking about the same thing. The same exact I'm not gonna, thing. I'm not going to do this. I don't even, I'm not even following the, most of the nonsense. I, I already know who I'm going to vote for at this point, unless something dramatically changes, which I doubt. But we'll have to see. Oh, by the way. Bernie was never going to be the candidate, just so you know. This always confuses people because they're not, especially since my listeners aren't Democrats. The Democrat primary, uh, the way they do the uh, delegates is they have something called a superdelegate. Now, these superdelegates can do whatever they want with their delegates. They're not beholding to anybody. Now, what happens is, those people are going to vote for Clinton when they get to the uh, the convention. It's going to be their version of a broken convention, but it's not broken. It's just super, super these super delegate people come in and just wipe out all that happened in the election. That's your Democrat party. Isn't that wonderful democracy? They don't care about what you want to vote for. They want to tell you what to vote for. Now, Republicans would do that if they could get away with it, too. 
Don't get me wrong. I've been telling you the Republicans are one party and have been for many, many, many moons. Okay, so this is – he's saying that we can get – well, the name of it is Reviving a Constitutional Congress. But he's trying to – well, I'll read it and you can explain. It would be helpful if you read it. I'll read it. Okay, this is by Christopher DeMuth Sr. Our Constitution is often treated as a re- regulatory – I, I hate when I can't say a word. Can you say that word? Can you say that I word? I can't even see it. How can I say it? <laughs> it's so tiny. <laughs> oh, I didn't have my glasses on at the beginning when Relic I was in Oh, thank you. And it was a nightmare. Okay. Worthy of reverence, but no longer of much practical use. Yet the Constitution reflects in many deep and subtle ways the character of the people who established it and have lived and prospered under it for centuries. This is particularly true of its structural features of federalism and separate powers. Yes, separate powers, right? Not co-equal. Right. Which vindicate Americans' nature in our distrust of power and our taste for open competition. Okay, now, that's where we were. All right? Now he's saying, the struggle for power and advantage is a constant of human society. In democracies, that struggle is organized and advertised through political campaigns and elections. It is equally present within government, but there is not always observable. In the parliamentary systems of Europe, open competition ends with the election returns and formation of a government. At this point, legislative and executive powers are fused. Struggles over policy continue, but they work themselves out in private, within ministry offices, and leadership councils. Exactly what we don't want them to do, but they have been doing. That's what we have right now. That that is exactly what these progs are doing. That's exactly what we have, right? The Republicrats are progs. They're all doing it. Yep, that's what they're doing. They're They're just pushing us along the same way they've been pushing us, just a lot faster. But this exactly describes us, Brian. We might as well be a parliament. Well, I, I, no, this, this is actually worse than a parliament. You, he would, the president wouldn't have this power in a parliamentary government. Well, he does it in our government, but he does it in the government they've created that's supposedly working in that direction. Yet, even though they have all that nonsense, which is just nonsense, remember, they don't have a constitution. They, the only thing they have, for any rights of the people, it, it, the I still call them subjects of the UK, is the Monroe Doctrine, and and how much of it, a little of it, they care to trample on, and they trample on everything. So if they, <laughs> I don't think yeah, they're following the Monroe Doctrine at all. See, open compet. I love that open competition ends with the election returns. Elections have consequences, right? In a parliamentary government. Not in a constitutionally limited republic, which we don't have anymore. And this other one. At this point, legislative and executive powers are fused. They are. No. As a matter of fact, they're not. Obaminus is acting outside Congress. They're not fused at all. What are you talking about? So that's even worse. What we have is worse. Of course it's worse. (laughs) Without legislation, he's doing all the things he's doing to this country, which there no way in hell ever gave those powers under the Constitution. 
Okay. I think, and he, he's wrong. A well-led government can present, at least for a time, a unified, dignified, self-confident public face. That is seldom possible in the United American system, where competition in government is exposed for all to see. The two political branches... Oh, uh, somewhat so. The two political branches pose a separate electoral bases and are assigned powers that are partly shared and partly independent. Not anymore. There's no shared powers. <laughs> There's really no, there really is no shared powers. You know, the, the executive can't take power from can't legislation. The, the courts can't take power for themselves. Uh, but they're all doing this, but that's not the Constitution. If we followed the Constitution, they wouldn't be able to do this. Parliamentary systems have their strengths, but open competition is the American way. Yeah, behind closed doors is exactly what the Senate does that we don't like. They're just behaving remarkably just like Parliament over in the UK. I am so sick and tired of all these progs wanting to turn our country for the greater good of the world into, a, into something that fits in with the new world social order. Uh, I'm not down with the new world social order. I'm not a socialist. I don't want to be a socialist. I'm not interested in socialism. Socialism has failed the world over every time it was tried. Failed, failed, and failed. And what you're seeing in Europe is a failure of... No, you said capitalism, did you? There's no capitalism involved in our country, let alone Europe. No, that's that's socialism. That's socialism failing. That's Keynesian economics failing the world over, including here. Keynesian economics is the problem. Socialism is the problem because they love Keynesian economics because it puts the government in control of the economy, which is what statists want, centralized power. Now, all you doofuses out there, the libertarians that think open borough waters are great and Global citizenship, blah, 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 blah. You forgot your, you really forgot to do your homework, libertarians. You just kind of like the term, don't you? Because it has liberty in it. But you don't know what liberty is, unfortunately. Kids <laughs> uh, in economics, isn't it? Globalism, isn't it? You realize by having a global government, you have centralized power even more? Centralized power is the enemy. The national government's already the enemy. Let's have a global enemy where all the money and power is focused and then see what they'll do to us when they have everything. And all we got, oh, I don't know, pitchforks, a couple of rusty guns with some bullets in them. Even if we're well-armed at, at this point, if you keep letting the government grow strength and stronger and stronger, there'll be no standing up to it. And I'm telling you, now's the time. Don't wait till tomorrow, next week. Right now, right now, do something. Every day, try and think of something you could do to stop what they're trying to do to this country. It's the only thing that's going to work. You have to get mad. You got to say, I'm not taking this. You don't have this right. You don't have the right to any of this. That government would be so cheap if it followed the Constitution. It wouldn't cost much at all. Well, in comparison, every year it's a $3 trillion plus something budget. And every year we don't get a budget passed because 
the Democrats know that the Republicans, as as circus and bread as it is, uh, was was going to make a thing about it. They were going to make this an issue. That didn't work either. Nothing happened. They threatened and it didn't happen. Right now, progressivism is unrestrained. It's going crazy. That thing up there, that puppet in the White House is signing away. Executive order after executive order. All of which is fine. The fact that they can do anything to the people, that's what's not allowed. Executive orders are fine. Washington had executive orders. Left-wing kooks say that all the time. Like, wow, you're brilliant. Washington executive orders. What were those executive orders? Ooh. Well, here's an idea. Next time you want to talk to me, go do your research and then come back. Now, go find the answer to what I just asked for or go away. Be a nice little prog on Twitter and flutter away. Okay, so I still have no idea why I've been blocked. I was never thrown into Twitter gulag. I, I talk about Islam constantly, and I always say Islam is evil with a hashtag for Islam. And Peach Obama. And Peach Obama. I mean, I th- there's no more radical Twitter site that has half a brain in their head anyway. On Twitter, I mean, why aren't they coming after me? I don't even have that many followers. They're like 6,800-something. 6, 6, what they got people out there make get a lot more than that. Oh yeah, I know. Okay, so they know what the what Twitter does to you when they were throwing them into gulag though. What people might if people only on Twitter might I know that when they finally found out that the the left wing lunatics would just be left wing lunatics and there's nothing wrong with the content blah blah. I'm finally putting it back online. You lose all your followers and start at zero. So checks and balances are important means of poli- policing the corruption and abuse that arise whenever power is monopolized. They are also means for pursuing two things that Americans care about especially. Okay, wait. First, let's stop. There was no there was no expectation of the national government being the watchdog of the national government. This guy is um, doesn't quite get that. So that's right when you study it in, in sort of a an ethereal way like academics do, or, or actually getting into the, di- the nitty-gritty. You know, the this is what's going on. This is why it's happening here. Trying to understand everything. Rather than trying to have some, sound bites you can flop out of your mouth every five minutes. Where can the folks go to learn about the Constitution? The Patriots Pub. PatriotsPub.us. U.S. History of the Founding Fathers. Just the facts. There are no politics. This is just factual history. You can follow along with us while you're listening to it. We have no problem with that. You're not going to find anything wrong. We covered it. We covered it correctly. If you want if you want to know and you want to go through the constitutional debates day by day for four months, uh, you probably don't want to read that because I know reading it was kind of dry. Uh without doing it on the show but for the patriots pub we just we can never refer we make no connections except for a couple slips where certain other people who are named nameless try to be mischievous but no it really apolitical this is about truth this is about you understanding the founding and the constitution the founding documents and 
Put it in perspective so that everything is in context. You understand the Constitution. You didn't memorize it. Any, any idiot can memorize a bunch of things. Uh, people on TV do it every day. It's called acting. But memorizing isn't learning. Memorizing is regurgitation. And we all know what comes out when you regurgitate. It's called vomit. That's what the left has. Vomit. They are also means for pursuing two things that Americans care about, especially limited government and humble leaders. The sheer cumbersome... Humble leaders? Where do we find those? I know. Is that I, I, that even Ted Cruz? There ain't no humble thing about Ted Cruz, though, is there? He's pretty out there. The sheer cumbersomeness of our... Wait a minute. You know what's funny? What he just said. Because there's a whole bunch of people that really like Rand Paul, and everyone's complained about Rand Paul is he's too... He's too milk toast. He's too reasonable. It's better to be a crazy progressive. Now, could I read that from the where you just left off, please? <laughs> humble leaders. Well, really, show me a humble leader. Show me anybody in Congress is humble, besides Rand Paul, who get like I said, got vilified for being well, just that humble. He's he's not out there screaming. He's not Trump being all crazy and energetic and and a, pretty much a showman. He's not he's not that. He he's an intellectual. He's a thinker. And he, he shouldn't have run for president. I could have told you Rand Paul would never be president. Because, unfortunately, much of our presidential politics have reverted to high school. This is now a popularity contest. And they all fight for the popularity by promising you things that they're not supposed to give you in the first place. And you, we don't know that, though, anymore. So we're like, yeah, give it to me. He's great. He's going to give it to me. He's going to give me some. Oh, what was that? What was that black lady when Obama got elected? She was crazy, screaming, "Yay!" And why are you so happy? Because Obama's gonna pay for my car, he's gonna pay for my phone, he's gonna pay for my mortgage, and we're all sitting there laughing like, "What an idiot!" Wow, he did all of that. She knew something we didn't. Black community organizers, ghetto community organizers, and people in the ghetto crazy. It's just, they don't give a crap about the Constitution. All they care about is social justice. You know, if we gave the country to all the black Americans today and just left, what do you think would happen? Oh, wait, we don't have to think. It happened already. Africa. I rest my case. Don't make me go further. South America. Brown people. Well, that and that's what I was saying the other day. Well, I'm glad that you, we got to a little bit of this anyway, because you got to show that he's like kind of not right. <laughs> Who's not right? The gentleman who wrote this essay. Oh, well, he doesn't quite grasp it. Um, he's an intellectual. That's the problem. I don't study history to be an intellectual. I don't want to impress any teachers. I don't even want to impress you. All I want to do is instruct you in the truth. Only tell. All I do here is the truth as best as I know it. Can I be wrong? I've been wrong. Pretty rare, huh? What you were saying is a good <laughs> She's point. not going to answer that one. That was a loaded question. I tried to catch her. Damn. 
That's one of the points that we brought up the last time we did the illegal alien invasion report because we played a clip about uh, protesters back in the friggin' was it 1996, you'd said, or 90, yeah, 1996. And they were saying, you know, we need to leave, white people need to go. All right, really? We, and this and, goes way back further than that. And, well, it was a rally, yeah, it was know. a 4th of July rally. But that was one again, of my sound bites. Yeah. And again, I said to myself, the guy, they're screaming, we watch your kids, we pick your fruit. Okay, well, we're gone. So. Now what do you do? What are you going to do now? <laughs> well, right? We're not here anymore. They don't anymore. know how to plant the seeds. They don't know how to take care of the crops. All they know is how to harvest it. That's not very useful if you have nothing to harvest. I point to Africa. And. When we leave, we take our kids with us. Oh, wait, another place. Israel, when they gave up the West Bank. Thriving, thriving industry. Greenhouses, food everywhere. Given to those pieces of crap, so-called Palestinians, they're Arabs. And uh, they're nothing but Arab mutts on welfare. I'm sorry, that's who they are. And they're violent, and they're dangerous, so, and they're Islamic, and Islam is not compatible with the rest of the world. Period. It will either take you over, or you will defeat it. You have two choices. That's it. Everything else in between, they own. You want to negotiate? Go ahead. They'll negotiate for years while they're stabbing you in the back. Just like the Iranians did. They haven't stopped their research on nuclear weapons. They haven't stopped it at all. Never did. They just play along. And we sit there going, okay, what are you kidding me? Enough. It's been eight years. I suggest you come up with an agreement or drop a bomb. Pick one. Or just shut up and isolate them. Pick something. I'm sorry, but, you know, uh, this is idiotic. We've turned, we have turned into the biggest pansies in the world. That's what Putin was talking about. Americans are wusses. Oh, I won't use the other one because Donald Trump did and got in trouble. Uh, there was this. They're all, we're all wusses. We've been wussified. The old America wouldn't have put up with Russia doing what they did. What are you, nuts? You want to go back 100 years and try that crap? America would get them a big hurt. Not anymore. Now we go, let's talk about it. Well, it was the same How thing, does that make you feel? The same thing with the immigration Just, stuff. Can you imagine the Muslims? What's with this guy, Kerry? How does that make me feel? What the? <laughs> it's the same with the immigration a hundred years ago. We wouldn't put up with this. <clears throat> we, we didn't. Wouldn't. No, we didn't. Immediately. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. Europe tried to turn this into Australia. They tried to use this as their dumping grounds for their criminals. We said, oh, no, you won't. Turn those boats around and send them back. We wouldn't take their disease, their sick, their squalor, their useless, their everything that's on that stupid pedestal, we wouldn't do. That's a socialist poem. We can't take in the world. There is no, as destroyed as we are, we're superior than all the other countries in the world. Where are you going to run? Where there's no socialism. Good luck. I'm out of time. Check Cooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from uncooperativeblogger.com. You're listening on uncooperativeradio.com. And say goodnight, Susan. Good night, Susan. And we're out of here.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.